Welcome to Lack of Focus, an X-Wing Miniatures Game podcast, brought to you by Dice 8 Productions. Hello everyone, welcome once again to another episode of Lack of Focus, episode 67, the 2020 Christmas special. I am your host, Ed Horn, and alongside me tonight, my partner in crime and gaming, one Mr. Chad Brown. Chad, how's it going, sir? Hey, everybody. And, of course, Mr. Sean Dorsey. Sean, how are you today? Good, how are you? Outstanding. And our producer extraordinaire, one Mr. Chris Sheriff. Chris, how are you? Good, thanks, Ed. All right, so for this particular episode, we're not really having a ton of work. We're going to be kind of covering over 2020 and our reflections on the year. We do have some flight deck stuff we'll go over, stuff we've been doing in the hobby before we kind of get into uh, what the year 2020 has meant to us. So, Chad, I haven't heard from you in a bit. What have you been doing lately, my friend? Lots and lots of painting. <laughs> um, Good. I've been, yeah, I, I work a lot, so I really haven't had a whole lot of chances to get out and uh, get to the game store or anything. Not that people are really playing that much at the moment. Um, well, not that I don't so even know if they're allowed to. Like, yeah, they they um they put out a post saying that they're restricting how many people are going to be around the gaming tables and such at the local game store. Um, yeah, because in our state, they've currently locked things down again. Uh, thanks again. to thanks to COVID, so you're not allowed to have more than ten people in the same area. So the the game store has become a a hotbed of don't go there kind of thing. Yeah, but you can still have so, like seventy five people at Walmart. Yeah, yeah, it was super busy today. Somebody was trying to tell me that this is the busiest uh, shopping day for food in the year, the Saturday before Christmas. It is. Which so that was real fun because I work in frozen food. But other than painting models for various games, um, me and my son have been playing Guild Wars, the original one. So I've uh, been doing that once a week and him been playing. Um, outside of that, really haven't been doing a whole heck of a lot, to be honest with you. I did not get an email from ArenaNet yet. So I did go in. I did remember my character name because you were looking for your original character name. I did send yeah. an email to ArenaNet say, for the password reset, and I've not heard back from them. So mm. maybe it got lost in my junk mail. I'll go take a look. Possible. Very, very possible. Hey, you enjoyed that Christmas card I sent you through the messenger, no, didn't you? No, I did not. No, 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 I did not. And I just kind of wish you hadn't opened that at work. <laughs> I was just saying, I distinctly respond to it and say, I'm so happy I did not open this at work. <laughs> <laughs> without without getting too graphic, let's just say Christmas, uh, the stuff that sometimes contained in the Santa sack is not necessarily appropriate for work. Let's just say that. Yeah, so of course, you know, I have to send you those extremely non-appropriate things. And then I see, like, so you know, the post stuff. <laughs> I was going to say, the stuff no, I post up on the, uh, the the podcast page, you know, for all the fans to, like, look at and laugh at and, you know, like and all that. I always look at the thing where it says, like, seen by, you know, and I never, ever see Ed's name in there. I see Chris all the time, but never Ed. I check out the page all the time. Oh, it never tells me you see the photos or anything. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. So They're I have good so photos many, sometimes. I had so many questions about that photo. Like the first question, I'm like, so did Chad find this on the internet or did Chad take this photo and it's just dispensing it throughout the internet? Neither I'll one of those yeah, neither one of those would surprise me. Yeah, I found that photo and I'm like, I'm sending that to you. Uh, question is, what yeah. was he searching for when he found it? Mm, that is a good question, isn't it? Actually, I'm part of a, uh, a messenger group that just shares the horrible. They share the most horrible, like you know, memes and videos and things like that. So I was in my uh, 
my, my messenger group and I saw that and I was just like, yep, that's getting forwarded to Ed. Yep, that's a good one. <laughs> Anything else? Not really, no. Yeah, it's been kind of a, a low couple of weeks recently. All right, Sean, I'll kick you into the I'll kick you into the leads position here. What have you been doing lately? Uh, working a lot, actually. Um, just trying to get everything done by the for the end of the year. Next week and the week after, short weeks at work, so it gets a little difficult. Um, but other than that, just been playing online games mostly with uh, some friends, mostly terraforming Mars at this point, just because. You know, this time of year, everybody's busy, so Can't you know imagine. how it is. Um, and I'm actually at this moment, while we're while we're all talking, is trying to trying to solve a problem to help Chad out here. So, um, which I'll discuss offline. But uh, I think I found a way for you to be able to see what we are going to discuss tonight, but um, so that you can get caught up. <laughs> okay. No so we'll, we'll discuss that later. Other than that, I really haven't done much. Um, I've stared at a lot of games lately, which, you know, is, I guess I've moved games around because I was trying to find my Cyberpunk 2020 rulebook, so I had to move stuff around, and then I found it in a completely different place. So. Well, at this juncture, you're going to have a better opportunity of reading the Cyberpunk 2020 rulebook than actually playing the damn games. So... Yeah, yeah, I mean... You know, of course, the, the, the new game that came out is supposed to be the pseudo-sequel to Cyberpunk 2020 in, in a video game form. So I'm, I, I can't play the Cyberpunk. It'll make me I, I get sick playing those types of games. But, um, but my son plays it, and I'm trying to, trying to see if I can rope some people that I know into possibly doing the role-playing game. So, you know, it'd be pretty fun. Well, if it makes you feel any better, it makes everyone else sick to play it too, but for very different reasons. Yeah, for sure. All Other right. than that, that's about it. All right, Chris, what have you been up to? You're usually the savior of uh, of the flight deck recently. Not really. I mean, I've been doing some commission painting. I did all of uh, all that. Posted some Instagram pictures of some catachans, which I saw Chad liked. Uh, some Sergeant Ripper Jackson, and um, definitely not Carl Weathers. <laughs> It's a nice commission to do some good models and then trying to get this Death Guard stuff done still. Um, but yeah, just trying to make progress on that. I've been selling a lot of stuff, just trying to get uh, get the books to balance a little easier. So uh, yeah, not nothing uh, spectacular. I sold my laptop today, or one of the laptops that I, I bought it in like March to take to um, the events and stuff to be my like work laptop. So yeah, that that didn't really pan out. Is that is that the one you just had to like replace the battery for? No, I've still got that one. I might um, that one I got to try and fix up and sell. One of my friends from work might be having it. Um, he's got it at home today for his kid. Well, this week for his kid to try out because they want something just cheap to use for school. So I said we can borrow that, and if he likes it, I'll just basically sell it in for just a little bit more than what I paid for the parts and stuff. So. You know, pass it forwards because I got a good deal. But yeah, that was uh, interesting. Just blowing out a lot of crap. So I the table's almost clear, and then I put put more stuff on it again. But once I actually empty it, I can uh, record some more videos. So you know, that's the motivation for me anyway. You know, to not not sell anything because I'd have to start recording. (laughs) It's good. 
Yeah, um, other than that, played a little bit of Squadrons, played some um, D&D, playing, I'm actually going to play some D&D, um, uh, crates again, we're doing, uh, I don't think we're recording this time though, so we actually just get to play and hang, and hang out, so that'll be good. Uh, I picked up the new um, Warhammer um, Age of Sigma role-playing game, Soulbound, so I'm reading through that at the moment. So Ooh, who publishes that? Uh, Cubicle know. Seven. It's um, they're doing all of the GW ones now. I think even the forty k one got rolled into Cubicle Seven. So when that's is available that again, similar rule set that Fantasy Flight did, or then whenever they switch the IP over, did they just write a whole new game? So um, Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay and Dark Heresy, um, when Fantasy Flight took over and changed them, the system that they did has been scrapped, and they rolled. Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay rolled back into more of what it was in second edition. Then, um, because they were honoring like that legacy, the Age of Sigma role-playing game that they're doing is actually their own baby that they got to basically write from scratch. And then the 40k, Wrath uh, and Glory it's called, uh, is basically them cleaning up the mess of what um, Ulysses, I think it is, left them, because... Um, they produced the game. It was terrible. Had really bad um, uh, quality quality assurance issues and stuff. So I think Games Workshop pulled the license and handed it over to Cubicle Seven. But gotcha. Not not hundred percent. I can remember playing Dark Heresy whenever it was in Fantasy Flight's hands, and I kind of liked it. If it was still really like the career system and percentile dice, or had we yep. switched to yeah, yeah, that's basically what a Warhammer Fantasy role play is. Um, percentiles and careers. It's good. I like it. One of my favorites for more narrative-driven games. Good, good. <laughs> I, I still like West End Games' D6 system for the old Star Wars. Like, even if you weren't playing Star Wars, I always thought that that was a really cool system and how progression worked. It was super easy to understand, super easy to work with, and then it just... It's very, sim- like, very similar to how I think the, the Alien role-playing game really kind of works out. Like, it's very simple to pick up. There's not. It's not like rules crunchy heavy it is a lot of narrative play and then if the dice need to get involved it's super easy mechanics yeah i don't know i've um got all the alien stuff again i picked up the starter box and um the new campaign book that came out and then uh, the alien role-playing game um alien board game by gale force 9 was released this week so i've got that sat in the store waiting for me to pick up that looks really good yeah, we've got some of the um, the exclusive special order stuff as well, so I should have all of the goodies for that when I pick that up. Ooh, nice. Uh, I just I have to write some articles for the store blog to uh, get some store credit to be able to buy it. So works. Uh, w- once I finish doing this tax return, Ed, that's what I'll be uh, be up to. Playing some of the <laughs> alien board game. You have to let me know uh, your like honest opinion what you think because if if it's worth it, I think it would do well here in the house. To be honest with you, because we did that um the there's like this the upper deck card game systems like the alien one there and we really liked that, but it was a card game and it had a lot of card gaming mechanics and. I think a board game would be easier for kids, the kids to kind of pick up and kind of understand as opposed to, I mean, it's not yeah, like talking about game. legendary encounters just yeah. for people listening. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I should have made that a little bit clearer. I apologize. <laughs> so I, mean, I just, I work in a game, game store. It's fine. 
It's a good game. I predicted a really good job of the mechanics. I, re- I thought it was really kind of cool how you can kind of go through all the all three movies, but it's kind of restrictive. And it's a little there's a there's a a, a fairly decent learning curve to the game. All three movies. All three. Oh no 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 maybe it does go through. Oh I have to I have to pick the box up again. It might go through. Um, all Alien. three movies. It might go through Resurrection too, so it might go through four. And it ignores. <laughs> but there's still more different- after that, you know. Oh yeah, no, no, no! It ignores it, any of the AVP ones are considered non-canon anyway, so it ignores all of those, and then it absolutely ignores Prometheus. I think they, I think this actually came out probably the year that Prometheus came out, so it ignores that and it ignores um, Covenant. Covenant. So it's mostly I mean, just because you don't like stuff, Ed, you can't pretend it doesn't exist. All, all it covers all of the three movies. It covers three of the movies. It covers all right. So fair point. It covers three of the movies. <laughs> but overall good game i enjoyed it but like the kids it just didn't go over very well the kids i think a board game with aliens would work go over much better mm. plus the models look pretty sharp too yeah i've still got all of the uh, alien versus predator miniatures in a box behind me hidden away so i probably should decide if i'm going to do something with that however i need to like cash in on those while the getting's good yeah while there's still some value to them yeah. i think you're always going to find a place for those though i've got the um a Cheyenne dropship and everything in the cargo crate. Ooh. I, I think I literally have at least one of every model I produced for the game. So nice. this, is the, this is the reason why it's good that I don't work at a game store, because I'd have that same exact problem. <laughs> I, um, tech... Uh, so I did the ordering for for that game. So once I knew it was going out of print, I ordered one extra of everything. And then threw them in a box and hid it in the back, and then would slowly just buy one or two packs when I had credit. So nice. they never made it into the uh, the store's inventory system because I wouldn't. I didn't add them until I had the money to buy it, and then I'd add it, <laughs> buy it straight away. So <laughs> oh, look, this arrived, and that was fun. So, oh, look, oh, this stuff that if I'd have put on the shelf would have flown off the shelf, and I would have missed out. Uh-huh. So, you know. I did order like extra of everything and put it on the shelf, but I ordered on one of everything on top of that for me. So yeah, and I would do the exact same thing. I'm not gonna lie, absolutely. But yeah, it it adds up too many uh, too many games. So I sold a load of my um, Team Yankee Russians because I I had one of these dis- display cabinets around the corner that you can't see. Um, and all like seven of the eight shelves were filled with Team Yankee, oh, wow. and um, like four shelves of Russians and three shelves of British. And I was like, eh, well, I'm not running demo games at the moment. If I do run demos, I'm not running stuff that requires four shelves worth of Russians. <laughs> so I was going to just thin it out, and then I was like, if I get rid of just the good bits, I'll need to buy those again anyway. So I might as well just sell all of it. For- for the same price, and then not have to worry about it. Oh. And I sold. Um, yeah, it's more popular than Flames of War. All right, well, the really? right it is anyway. Yeah, because huh. people like good tanks. <laughs> like, why would you drive a Sherman when you can drive an Abrams? This is true. This is true. And I get to take challenges and chieftains. It's good. Anything else going on? No, no. Uh, I suppose we discussed it off. Uh, I'm doing the. The dice hate tax return at the moment, which is always a depressing time of year. But no, other than that, I'm getting better well, at it though. Like being in business for three 
four years now. I was just coming saying, into fourth. Yeah. Like the year before Evie was born and Evie's three, so yeah, it's the fourth yep. time I've done this, so I'm getting better at it. Good. Ton of fun, sure. Taxes are always great. <laughs> it's good. I I find it relatively therapeutic going through doing the uh, data entry, but the problem is I only ever do it once a year, well, twice a year, because the GST return is due on the 1st of January, and then my year end is the 16th of February, because I started the company on the 17th. Hmm. So I have to do it twice, uh, but broken up by two months. So I really, I really should apply to um, like Revenue Canada or whatever and get them to change my year end to be December as well and just do it in one go. But, just do it all at one time, get it all out of the way. Yeah, but I always forget that I need to pay for the um, the TurboTax software. It's like three hundred dollars for a business account one. Mm. So I always like, oh, maybe not having to pay that at Christmas isn't a bad thing. <laughs> That's my goal every year is can Dicep make enough money that I can buy the software and not have it impact me? <laughs> <laughs> that is the idea. If I can just break even, it works. All right, okay. so as far as what I've been doing, uh, so I have was kindly but firmly asked by my place of employment that I needed to spend some vacation time because I haven't taken any. Um, COVID-19 kind of killed all of our vacation plans and my vacation plans for 2021 as well. Um, we were supposed to go to Vancouver this year. We were supposed to go to Yosemite this year. Um, Gabe and I were supposed to go to New Zealand in February, go Jeez. chill out. and Yeah. Yeah. So we've, my wife's really big on giving our children experiences. So at 16, instead of getting like a car or something crazy like that, um, we told the kids that they can pick anywhere in the world, anywhere in the world you want to go, pick it, and that's where we'll go. And Gabe a said, car at 16. Yeah. Well, you know what I got at 16? It'd be a beater. A mountain bike. <laughs> it would be a beater, but yes. But anyway, so Gabriel chose um, New Zealand because he'd never been there. And I'm like, okay, neat. Well, what are we going to do in New Zealand for 10 days? Oh, wait. That's where they film Lord of the Rings. We're going to do this whole tour. We're going to go to do Hobbington. We're going to go all these other places. I think we're going to actually do four days in New Zealand and five in um, in Australia. But we're not allowed to leave the country here in the U.S. because we're a COVID spreading threat. You're allowed to leave the country. Just no yeah. other country will let you in. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it's it, not it, like Trump didn't do this to you. Trump's letting you leave the country. It's all yeah, the other it, governments that are at fault. Okay, I'm trying not. To, I'm going to try not to get political in that statement and just say okay. Um, but my point being is that my work kindly but firmly said, "Look, you need to spend some vacation days." So I'm off over the next 16 days. I work two and a half days. So I'm like, well, what am I going to do with myself with basically 13 ish days to myself? And I said, okay, I'm going to paint every model of my Necron army that is not painted. So today was day one of that. Um, so I today was day, the build day. So I built six Scorpec destroyers in the plasma site that goes with it, 20 Necron warriors, one that I had to custom convert because the guy that I bought it from, for whatever reason, didn't send one body piece, and I was in a full-blown panic. Like, I can't have 19 warriors. I ended up getting an extra warrior so there were 20. What am I going to do? So I found a way to work that around. Um I built six of the um, scarabs, and I built five immortals. I have five more immortals to build tomorrow, and then that's every model that I have, Necron-wise, built. 
I've still got to figure out how I'm going to prime them because um, it is December and it's cold. It's a situation like that where I'm like, you know, I wish I would just bite the bullet someday and just buy an airbrush so I could at least do that indoors and not really have to worry about it so much. Because I'm like, eh, do it in the garage. I can do it in the garage. Um, that's probably what I am going to do. Just get, um, a, get an air purifying filter system in. I could show you how to build it really quick with a filter and everything else that would, you could do it in the house with that as long as your airflow gaps are filled in. Hmm. I might have to, I might have to hit you up for that one. My point being though, of course, like, so tomorrow's supposed to be priming day and then I'm going to try to burn through and do some painting. I've got um, three models that are basically down to edge highlighting that I need to work on. And then I've got a whole bunch of other crap I want to finish up. But I figure if I legitimately, if I commit myself to like, I think I was at it for like, I started at like 10 o'clock this morning on the build day. And I finished up about 30 minutes before, about 30 minutes before I hopped on about eight o'clock. I finished, there was a gap in there. Ash needed, she and I went out and picked some stuff up and we had, I've eaten in between then and walk dogs and stuff like that. But for the most part, that's all I've been doing all day today has been the build side of it. So if I commit that much time to it tomorrow, for priming and getting some painting done. I should get pretty darn far over the next two days, but I've got a goal to see if I can get every one of them built and painted um, by the end of the year. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> so I've been doing oh, it. All you have to do as well is remember the, the defenders in eight in squadrons now. Oh God, I know. I know. So there is going to reach a point. I'm going to hit a wall. I know I'm going to hit a wall where I'm just going to be like, I can't paint another thing. I need to stop and do something else. And then I'll hop onto squadrons. Yeah, and we still need to play some games on Vassal. We did. We are. We're supposed to do that, but things have gotten a little bit... I feel like I say this every other month, but things have gotten a little crazy at work, and I got a whole bunch of time. So that's the reason why we're recording this on a Saturday and not on a Thursday like we were supposed to, because, as always, Wednesday night rolls around, and I'm like, guys, I can't. I've got this crap. I've got to do it work. By a Wednesday it. night, it means 30 minutes before we're due to start on Thursday. <laughs> Very much. I told you on the drive home... Don't make it say not, oh, yeah, I'll let the guys know on a Wednesday. Oh, I'm going to be swamped tomorrow, guys. I don't yeah. know. I, I, like, oh, ne- next week, guys, I'm probably going to have to rear it. No, 30 minutes. Like, everyone else has planned their lives around dead. Right. I've told Jill, you know, if that, that child cries at all on Thursday, I'm going to beat you both because I'm trying to record. <laughs> and like, they're scared and like, locked in the bedrooms. And then it's like, oh, we're not recording. It's all right. You can come out. <laughs> He's kidding. I know he's kidding. (laughs) So yeah, in short, I was a shit uh, where my work was a shit and I really should have said something in between and I apologize, but unfortunately, (laughs) yeah, shit happened. That's why we're doing it on the side. Oh God, anything else? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. She was happy to get, yeah, yeah, we're we should apologize to her too. Yes, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's as far as uh, gaming stuff. That's pretty much all I've really been doing. Work's been kind of crazy. I'm kind of in a similar situation where Sean's at, where we're getting to the end of the year. There's a bunch of stuff I have to do at the end of the year to get prepared for 2021. I'm doing all of that, and I'm trying to cross all my T's and dot all my I's to make sure that we're prepared for the next fiscal year to get all that crap done. So, that's gross stuff. Yeah. All right. So that's the flight deck. Yeah. Moving. Moving forward, 2020, a reflection on the year. Since this is obviously our Christmas special, and we're probably not going to get another one in before New Year's, so this is also going to be the the year in review for 2020. It doesn't have to just be X-Wing or Star Wars related. It can be pretty much anything. Um, who would like to start? Because I've got the feeling we might as well get the elephant out of the room right away. Don't you think? Well, 
Which elephant? I, there's no room. Yeah, it's awesome. just all elephants, said. Like, <laughs> this is a wildlife reserve in Africa. What elephant are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm talking about the one that basically shut down the entire world for months and months and months and still hasn't gone away. COVID really kind of killed a lot of things. I think, so here's, yes, COVID sucked all year. COVID still sucks right now. I can't go to a restaurant. I can't do this. It has blown. I'm beginning to adapt to the concept of a face mask culture that we are now currently living in. Um, it, it sucks that I can't go to the game store because I've got attached to a couple other games I really want to be playing on a table and I can't see Chad. I can't have people over to the house. I can't do anything. So that's, I want to get the, the, the bad kind of out of the way right away. Yeah, it sucks. Yes. <laughs> it completely changed my my life life in that all of the stuff I did at work and a lot of my like hobby time was driven towards events and running stuff and playing games and covering games and talking about games and yeah I, kind of a big change it's not gonna lie but yeah I don't know I'm in the grand scheme of things I don't I just don't care anymore about like yeah well we'll lock down over Christmas I don't care right whatever yeah. so it becomes so plastic and so like all right yeah i'm kind of used to it now at this point yeah so some of the good that's come out of it though there has been a lot of good i think um adapting to to being at home all the time and not doing stuff um for me the first thing that came to mind of what well something good that happened in 2020 final fantasy 7 remake came out in 2020 that came out in april oh my god i was all right at, at my age at 42 years old I don't get excited about video games very, very often. Like, cool, this new game came out. That looks cool. Sure, whatever. This game I was extremely excited for, and I'm not going to lie. When I plug that into the PS4 and I go through the opening title sequence and the title comes across the screen the first time that I'm watching it, like, I got chills. I really did. It was a great game. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I was looking forward to it for years. I was super excited. That came out in 2020. I can give that. There is one of my positives for 2020. Final Fantasy VII Re. I sold my Xbox and bought a PlayStation and bought uh, bought that. Yeah. And I've probably done like three chapters. <gasps> really? Yeah. I've bought so many. Uh, every time I'm in Walmart doing the shopping or anything, I'll have a look at what's on like the reduced shelf. So I must have like 10 games or whatever for the PlayStation now. And I just... Uh, Red Dead 2 has seen a little bit of playtime. Final Fantasy seen a little bit. Um, I got Iron Man VR and played that a little, a little bit. Um, but yeah, I just... I don't... I, I don't make the time. It's like you and X-Wing Ed. Yep. I just don't make the time. Yep, I, I that, that's a that's a good analogy. Well, for me, like legitimately, I don't often pick up the PlayStation. The kid, it's mostly for the kids at this juncture. Legitimately, it is. That is one of those rare occasions where I was blocking time off. Like, nope, the next two hours, the PlayStation's mine. It's Final Fantasy VII time, and even my even my kids are like, Dad, we never see you play video games. Well, this is Final Fantasy VII. Damn it, <laughs> there's, there's a reason why. And it just reminded me a how much how much I love the first one. It's what made me buy a PlayStation in the first place because that that was my big decision on, oh, well, if that's where Final Fantasy VII is and everyone's saying it's going to be this great game, I've got to get that. So um, it's a little different, 
but it was a fantastic game. The music was great. The everything, the artwork was great. I mean, the whole the whole game, the whole game was great. I was so excited to play that one. So that was that for me. That was my first positive I could think of for twenty twenty. I would say um, the Clone Wars final season. Ooh, good call. Good call. I'm getting ready to do my rewatch of the whole thing again, and I'm trying to determine if I should watch it in. The order in which it was released or chronological order? Because there's a part of me that's like, I don't know if I want to jump around between seasons to pick up two episodes here to catch it all in chronological order, or do I just so watch it in the order? That- chronological order is really, really good, but they need to put make it easier to do because that's it. It's a pain. I, I just don't understand why it was released that way in the first place. Like, it's an unusual format for a show. Oh, because when they when they jump back, it... They didn't intend to do it in that. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just making shit <laughs> up. I, yeah, I, I have no inside I don't fucking know. There's no good excuse for it. No, but um, yeah, the uh, final season of that kind of tied up all the loose ends for me. It's it good. I enjoyed it quite a lot. Chad, how about you? I'll give you a, well, something positive that came out of 2020 for you. Anything? Oh, I love I love how you sit there and go anything because you know pretty much I would be like no, not really. But I'm sitting here in my living yeah, room exactly. and I actually looked. I looked across the room and I saw something, and not a lot of people know this. And I've always had people telling me, "What the hell would you do with it if you ever got one?" But remember how like way back toward the beginning of the year, like in America, we all got those like stimulus checks to like go out and stimulate the economy and everything. Yeah, that one time that happened. Yeah, yeah, you know what I bought with mine? And it wasn't the whole thing, but I, I bought one because I've always wanted one, and I used part of that money for it. Take a guess. Colossal Red Dragon. I already have that. Oh, that's right. <laughs> a chainsaw. You bought a chainsaw? What do you need a chainsaw <laughs> for? You don't have to See, that's on everybody's. Because you live in an apartment. What do you need a chainsaw for? Projection. <laughs> okay, have you seen my weapons collection? Yes. Okay, is there a chainsaw in it? Well, there is no. now. There is now. <laughs> it's sitting right here in my living room. I'm looking right at it. <laughs> so I finally got me a chainsaw. Electric or gas? Gas. All right, just check. Just get the hell out of here. Just ch- I well, so we had a branch in our backyard that fell down when we had like this gigantic storm roll through with this little um microburst go through and that one big branch that hangs out in my backyard fell over and i had to go out and get a chainsaw to to clean it up and i just bought an electric because i'm like when's the next time i'm ever going to use a chainsaw it's never really come up after that um so i didn't get the gas i'm regretting that i didn't yep got me gas one that's pretty much the only good thing i could think of about this year is i got me a chainsaw finally <laughs> I got a chainsaw this year that's a good thing yeah all right, Sean, how about you? How about a positive for you for 2020? Well, there's actually a bunch, but I'll, I'll, I'll just narrow it down to one. Um, I'm getting my childhood dream of about Star Wars every day in my life coming up in the near future. Um, that is very, very true. With all the announcements and then, of course, the surprise announcement, um, I will say that you know the, the childhood dream is finally coming true 44 years later, but, you know, um, I don't think that we could be in a better time for Star Wars. And I'm not one, like, I don't I don't fully criticize Star Wars the way other people do. 
there's some that I like better than others just because I'm not really a content person. Like, I care less about the Skywalker trilogy as far as the storyline goes. I just love the world and, and the settings and everything else around it. Um, which I like Chris's comment in our texture or our little message stream there about the last ed- episode of Mando, which we'll talk about. But, um, I'm just excited that literally I can sit in my house and just watch Star Wars now, literally nonstop. Like I don't have like Playstations and Xboxes and things like that. I, I got out of that, you know, the console gaming. I have a, what is it? A Switch. And I have Animal, Animal, what is it, Animal Crossing or whatever. That's pretty much it for me in in those types of video games. I have more computer games, but I'm really into the sim games rather than, like, you know, action. I can't do first-person shooters, which sucks because I'd love to do squadrons. And when the B-Wing comes in, I may get it just so I can... Why it's there now, Sean. It's there now. Oh, it is? You can rotate the chassis around your cockpit. You can? Yeah, you oh, can. Oh, my God. Yeah, I can. Oh, my God. Well, maybe that'll be a Christmas present for myself that I play like once. So either that or I'll put a, a bucket next to me and, you know, just have it ready to go. So, all you have to do, Sean, like, this was value for me. Um, I bought it on the PlayStation so I could try it in the VR, and it made me feel sick. But still, I would get turn it on and just sit in a TIE fighter and just look around. Oh, I'd sit in the X-Wing and just look around. Yeah, I, I would be a bad teammate because I would probably just launch out of whatever you launch out of. And then just launch Not even launch on, just literally sat in the hangar, just looking around the interior of my TIE fighter going, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I'm a TIE fighter. Uh, yeah. So I was, I was chatting with um, um, one of the guys on the crate uh, Discord. We're talking about computers and stuff. And they're talking about um, he's got one of the new VR headsets and he was like, I had to turn down the resolution to um, 2K per eye because it was trying to do like 4K per eye or something ridiculous on this new VR headset. Ooh. And I was just like, I, I went back and grabbed the screenshot of the original Star Wars game, like Star Wars on the Commodore 64. So, like, yep. Yeah. I, I mean, war with me, I, I had to turn my resolution down to 2K per eye. <laughs> uh, do you remember Stunt Race FX and Star Fox and all of those games coming out? It's like, whoa, 3D graphics. Look at those really sharp edge polygons. Like, yep. lamenting. Uh, oh man, the PlayStation VR is terrible. It's only like uh, 720p or like 1080p per eye or whatever it is. Like, oh no, oh man. I was saying, like, we are literally living in a science fiction world now. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah by far. I mean, everything is, everything is, you know, as a kid, is ever, except for flying cars, of course, but they're coming, I'm sure. But, yeah, I'm, I'm thoroughly looking forward to just being able to do 24 hours a day of Star Wars. And, you know, I've seen people who complain about this now, and it's just like, well, you were a child of the 70s. I was... Seven years old when I was standing in line. Seven or eight. How old was I? Seventy-seven July. So I would have been seven, going on eight. And I remember literally standing in line at Indian Hills Theater here in Omaha, which was the big one of the biggest screens in the Midwest at the time, just waiting 
to see Star Wars, and then I remember, because I went with my aunt, and I remember as soon as we walked out, I wanted to go see it again. I mean, that's just how how insane it was for me. And, you know, then having to wait till you're 10 for the next movie, and then 13 for the next freaking movie. And, um, you know, ultimately, I just... I know that Star Wars for kids today is not like it was for kids when I was that young and even teenagers, you know, or people that were older than me. But when you look at it, you know, every movie I go to, with the exception of the last one, um, I, I tried to view every movie with through the eyes of a seven-year-old child. I know that that's crazy to say or hear, but that's what I tried to do. No, I don't disagree with that at all. And just just enjoy the movies, you know. I, I I don't like to criticize. The last one just the last one was too much for me. It was just didn't make any sense. But you know, at the at the end of the day, I'm just I'm just glad. In what is it, 2021 and 2022, we'll have the beginning of multiple series of Star Wars live action. Uh, hopefully, more movies popping out. You know, I'm hoping that they do a solo too. We're going to do like the announcement and all the ten things as its own topic, so we'll get there. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm just saying, it's just that's what I'm excited for. That that that's really when I saw all that, just really kind of you know made for what for most people is a crappy year. I'm a hermit, so you know, other than going to work, I don't do a lot outside my house and yard and stuff. So the COVID, I mean, other than you know the the chance of getting it is bad, but you know, it doesn't affect me as much because I don't worry about it that much. But, but that that definitely was a good cherry on top for, for my year. Oh, God, absolutely. Absolutely. So I one other thing I want to bring up from my end of it, um, I, I know this is obviously X-Wing Star Wars related normally kind of stuff, but with 40K launched their ninth edition, I had not painted a model in years. In years. And while I admittedly have yet to play a game outside of this house with my own kids, um, on the table mm. since the release of Ninth Edition, I have been building models again. I have been painting models again. I've been bugging Chris for how do I you know, get this one paint combination down? What's a good idea for doing this? It's reinvigorated my, my love for the hobby. So even though I've not really gotten the chance to get on the table... I'm building models again. I'm painting again. Like that's stuff that I just wasn't doing prior Ever. to 2020. <laughs> uh, I thought it would be fun to actually look through what like 2020 gave us for X-Wing. It's like, there's some fun. positive stuff there. So like at the start of the year, we had the Fireball and Von Reg's tie. Oh, wow. I, I, mean, yeah, I know, yeah. I remember how excited we were for Von Reg coming out and us getting a, another I-6 so we could run three I-6s in first order. Hell yeah. And I, I took it to, uh, I took went and played the three in an event in um, Hexagon Game Board Games Cafe in Calgary. And just put, messing around, playing some games. Like, that was like February this year I did that. Oh, cow. That feels like it was a... A, a lifetime ago at this point again. Wow. Yeah. Major Von Rex have not even been out for a year. <laughs> then obviously we had like a, com- a combination of waves because COVID happened. So it all got jammed in together. But we got the um the Zy Class shuttle, the LAT, the HMP, the Heralds of Hope, and the TIRB. So I filled out some solo content. 
Gave us some different codex wings and A-wings. The uh, the droid gunship moving sideways is pretty cool. Pull mm-hmm. that. That's just fan favorite. And I, a first order shuttle that doesn't fall, throw four attack dice. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm in. Then, doesn't, have to get a, doesn't have to get a first week uh, banning. Yeah. <laughs> then we got the Tri-Fighter and Django Swave 1 just come out. And uh, the ETA 2 Arctis and the Nimbus Class V-Wing as well. So filling out the two new factions and like adding some cool stuff to the old ones as well. So, yeah, I was pretty pleased with that. Yeah, no, I'm still still excited. They didn't do a good enough job to keep the game, though, did they? Uh, well, I wasn't going to go there. And I don't know that that's... First of all, I don't no, think... No, it's got it, nothing to do with it. Yeah, it has um, nothing to do with their performance or the team that was there or anything like that. If that isn't completely business-oriented, as was a yeah. business decision. One of the things I found relatively amusing was I think it was in the Legion page maybe our murder page on Facebook um, someone was posted it's like oh, why Why is this new expansion being announced on the FFG website instead of Atomic Mass I was like <laughs> why are you uh, I, I will say with the development that they've already done for element X Y um, I will say, because we've spoken about everybody else, but people should go and check out um, Max Max's new website, which I can't find at the moment. What's it gone? I saved it. Babblings of a Brook, www.maxbrook.com, uh, because he also left FFG. So um, he's currently yeah. freelance, but he's been doing loads of cool articles and stuff. Um, publishing them on his own website and um, some really interesting takes if you're not exposed to the kind of things he's going to be talking about like competitive player base and stuff like that you know directly relating to x-wing so 100 percent, go and check out that website i'll put a i'll try to remember to put a link in the show notes but uh, and you should follow max on twitter because he's really funny very dry <laughs> but really funny yeah yeah um, but yeah, so I mean, that's that's one of the sad things. But I think like life goes on, and um, I don't think um, any of them will be worse off for not working for FFG anymore. Because you know, it's not like they were being paid in comparison to what they w- were worth. No, that's true. It just felt like an end of an era, though. To be oh, honest. it definitely is. I I'm still riding the. Uh, the court tells the announcement kind of emotionally, not really sure what's going to happen. I'm still, mm-hmm. I haven't played. So yeah, those new ships I've played. Did I, what was the last one I got on? No, I've, yeah, I haven't played with anything from wave seven or eight. I've played with Von Riggs tie and I played with fireball, but I haven't played with any of the newer stuff from that. Hmm. All right. So, uh, so that's an interesting thing. I, I'm glad you actually, said that you're still coming to grips with things, but I've actually decided with this, the announcement and everything else that, you know, what have I always harped on the most? It's that, you know, community. It's about community gaming or making sure the game's a community game. What's interesting to me is that Atomic Mass Games organized play seems to be a in-store community-based setup. You know, it doesn't seem to be like a go to tournaments all the time, you know, and that's where you see everybody you know and all that. It seems to be more like get everybody in the store and let's play games. And I kind of find that compelling. 
again, you know, to see what they do for stores and what they'll do for the game to bring either new players in or new people in to play the game. You know, I'm not of the dire, uh, you know, the dire that the game's dead or all the Star Wars games are dead now. You know, it's just going to be a new, new direction and a new, new way of looking at it. And I'm going to spin this in a positive way that'll probably, you know, some people probably think I'm crazy. They probably already do anyway. But, <laughs> but the one thing about it is, is that you are putting the game in the hands of people that focus solely on miniature games. And now whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, you know, that's up to each individual to decide. And we'll see as they start producing things. But really, you know, you got to remember something, you know, a lot of the designers for X-Wing were also involved in other board game designs, too. They weren't just fully 100% X-Wing all the time. You know, they were in with other games and maybe putting something, you know, and putting something like this into the hands of a company that's just designing miniature games, you know, might be a good thing. We don't know. You know, once again, we don't know, but I'm, I'm really kind of looking forward and I'm going to be patient and wait and see what they, what they offer. You know, but like I said, I've come to terms with it. It's no longer with Fantasy Fight. What sucks about that? The thing that does suck about it is, is that all of our friends that work at Fantasy Flight. Yes. And and that's where it sucks. That's where it hits me home the most is, is, you know, all of our friends, you know, and the people that I got to know, you know, over six years of being involved in organized play is you kind of, I miss those guys. But at the same time, you know, it's time for them to move on. And some of those, you know, some of those designers had already done that anyway. So, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm looking at 2021 as a positive thing for everything, hopefully for everybody. And I look at this as a positive thing too. It may change how X-Wing and the community of X-Wing is, you know, or, or how it, how it, um, molds or has been molded and how, if it stays molded that way. But I'm wondering if this will help that local community at least, you know, bring new people in and, you know, have it be driven the way that their organized play drives them. Yeah. Well, and the jury's still out. Like, we genuinely don't know what the plan is yet. Well, everything's still coming through FFG. I don't even think it's worth, not to try and cut you off at the past, but I don't even think it's worth talking about until we get a product distributed in a, by um, Atomic Mass or something announced by them. It's just not worth even, there has been no change. Yeah, exactly. Our, so. And I would, I would exactly. suspect we'd see, we'd see something from... Um, op first before we would see anything else product wise like you said there's there's at least a year and a half lead time for the stuff that ffg already had in the works before we'd even Mm -hmm. see anything so we're really not going to get an idea of what amg is bringing to the table until 2022 right and i'm just looking at what they do for crisis protocol at this point how they're doing their organized play with crisis protocol because that's the only example from this company that we really have is crisis protocol right yeah, and the thing is, is that they're still producing stuff for Crisis Protocol, so they must be doing at least something right because people must be buying product. Yeah. Um. So yeah, do you want to go on to Star Warsy stuff, or has anyone else got any happy, happy moments, bad moments, twenty twenty reflection moments? I don't know. There's too many bad moments to have that. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be on. specific to this year, Chad. You can't just take all of the bad moments. It's going to be specific to this year. Not going to work in a tie has been glorious. 
I, I don't know if I've ever shared that on the show, but uh, where we work, we work in a very professional environment. Um, when I'm on site, I was always in at minimum shirt and tie, minimum. And when COVID started, we shift, shifted up our uh, dress code to be a little bit more casual. And at this juncture, it's been almost a year since I've had to wear a tie to work. And I'm, I've been enjoying that. So that has been a positive. It'll go away eventually. Eventually, COVID is going to be in our rearview mirror. We're going to go back to like normal operations. But man, going to work in a lot of ties, awesome. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you want to do um, some of the, shall we give something away now and then move on? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, oh, we can mix the giveaways in. So, what do you want? so we've got um, stress tokens, focus tokens, evade token, bomb token, heroes of. Let's get. We'll give away heroes of Black Reach, with which is um, it's enough to play the game. It's basically drop the drop zone promo, which is like one or two missions, and then some of the promos that it was launched with. But it's like uh, a heroes of Normandy, forty k amalgamation kind of fun little game so yeah interesting we uh, after i deleted all the people who are on the show uh, we have exactly 20 patrons so um let's do it and as tradition on the show we will actually roll an actual die number nine number nine is patrick puro it's one heroes of Black Congratulations, Patrick. Yeah, and I'm I'm actually writing it down on a spreadsheet so that I can remember and give them to people. Look at me. <laughs> Almost professional. Look at that. Almost. <laughs> so Disney had like an investor's phone call y broadcasty video thing. Oh boy. And did they 85% of everything they released with Star Wars? Can I cover the one thing non-Star Wars thing that I can't believe that I saw released? That Indiana Jones. For upcoming... Well, that's one, and but that doesn't actually surprise me as much as as the Willow property coming back is that they're actually going to get Warwick Davis and they're bringing him back. They're bringing back more to the Willow story. And there's for, for those that don't. First of all, I love the I love the movie. It's one of my favorite movies when I was a kid. Um, Lucas always intended that to be a trilogy. And since the response to the original movie wasn't as much as he thought it was, they ended up completing the trilogy in two or three follow-up books. But it's going to be really cool to be able to go back into that world. I'm kind of curious if they bring um, Val Kilmer back for Mad Mardigan. Um, I know Ooh. that he got himself hit into shape for, for the Top Gun movie that never released in 2020. Thanks, COVID. Um, <laughs> so I'm I'm kind of curious if they bring Val Kilmer back for the Mad Mordigan role, even in a small part. Uh, I, I don't want to spoil this for anyone, um, but the books have been out for uh, 20 years. So if you don't know this already, I'm sorry. So spoiler alert. Don't never... spoil it. Okay. So my point being, all right, I won't, I won't spoil it. So it, it You're excited for Willow. Good. I am excited for Willow. Yes. That I am really excited to see. And it's supposed to be a live action TV show. I was really surprised how little they announced movie wise and how they're really pushing Disney plus and trying to get people into Disney plus to see this new show and that new show. And I, I think that this, that's going to be a good thing. I know game of Thrones didn't necessarily end the way that anybody within a semblance of a, of a, a, a rational thought, um, found to be satisfying, but I've really begun to enjoy like these long form TV shows that go over multiple seasons, like the Mandalorian, for example. Um, 
that that really kind of expand that like it's not it's like basically a 10 hour movie instead of like a three hour movie so they have more time for character development more time for for fun stuff so i'm really kind of curious to see where they go with uh, a willow tv show and that's the last i'll mention of the non-star warsy stuff so do you want to hit the 10 star wars things that were announced do you want to yeah i'm trying to pull i'm trying to pull uh i am trying to pull the i was gonna say we could go in alphabetical order but it's like three a's three a's (laughs) so we have the acolyte so that is the new one that is um lena headley i think is the uh the the one that's gonna lead that one that's a very female-centric uh star wars tv show so I, I would call it Old Republic, but I believe the ta- the official timeline that it will sit in is High Republic. High Republic. Under exactly. the new designation for things. Right. And High Republic, for those that are, don't know, is basically 100 years before um, Phantom Menace. So like Old Republic's like 1,000 years, 2,000 years before um, Phantom Menace. This one's only about 100 years. So that'll be interesting because like the, the first thing that jumped out to me is that Yoda's still alive. Yeah, in that, in that time frame. Yoda's alive in the Mandalorian. Yep, it's just a baby. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get. There. I have to wait till Chad until we've checked out for Chad before we get there. But um, I refuse to believe that me me referencing baby Yoda is a spoiler for Chad. Oh no, he I refuse to believe. There's yeah. There's no I've way. Seen, like the first couple no episodes. Way. Yeah, you are aware of the existence of baby Yoda. Even if you hadn't seen Mandalorian. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so I, I will g- give spoiler warnings, but there's no way Baby Yoda's a spoiler in yeah, December of 2020. Yeah, there's no way. No. So the Acolyte should be interesting because it's a time frame that we've not really seen a lot of. There's supposed to be a bunch of books coming out. Um, I don't know if any of them have been released High yet. High Republic comes out in... Oh, I was looking at it. I nearly ordered it the other day, but I was like, I don't want to pay for it at the moment because I don't have the money and I wouldn't get it till January anyway. Um, but Star Wars The High Republic, Light of the Jedi comes out on January 5th. So like three weeks away, which is scary as hell. Mm-hmm. But so yeah. it's Star Wars and it's an era that I don't know a ton about. So I will probably end up picking that up. Or at least I'll get the audiobook. Oh, there's a Wookiee with a lightsaber on the cover mm-hmm. of a book. So, you know, are we all in? I'm. I don't know about all in. Um, I'm cautiously. And it is lightsaber looks like it's got a cross guard on it, Kylo Look, if style. Gonna be, if we're going to be completely, we're going to be brutally honest on this one. This is a this is a Kathleen Kennedy project, and I'm not entirely certain how excited I am about a Kathleen Kennedy project in Star Wars in the Star Wars See, I'm the. Op- this is the one of and I'm relatively like quite excited for. I, I know because I know. you can't screw it up. No, you can. No, you can't. Right. Sure, you it can. Doesn't, you absolutely. You, there's no established character that's going to be in it that I have I, preconceived notions of. I literally just named a character so, that I know is alive in that time frame that they could absolutely fuck up if they screw it up. Okay, because you know what happens? He's bored of teaching Jedi and just dies. He just gives up on life. <laughs> Says what a fucking loser Yoda, isn't it? Yeah, just go, gives up on life. I'm tired, and I'm just gonna. Fa- I'm so tired. I'm gonna fade into non-existence. So I, I agree with your point right up until the time frame, and that's why I'm cautiously optimistic. We all right. So we both, we both had the same. You ultimately turned me around to the concept that if Ryan Johnson had directed 
any other Star Wars movie that didn't involve Star Wars characters that were pre-established, it could have been good. You've turned me around to that thought process that it is possible. The fact that, however, that they put him in an environment that was established characters with expectations and he just subverted all of them to the point that nobody... Well, there are some people that like that movie. No reasonable Star Wars fan enjoyed the movie. I I, I can go on a limb and say that. Um, That's that's why I'm cautiously optimistic about this one. It could be good. You're right. If they just avoided and skirted around um, Yoda as much as possible, it could be good. It could be a good era of Star Wars development. It's in a time frame that we know nothing about. Not really. It could be good. It's supposed to have more of a like dark side focus as well. Right. Which, which is really is, it's just interesting. It's good. I'm, I'm excited. It could, it could be good. So that's why I'm cautiously optimistic. It's just because oh. I know that Kathleen Kennedy is the lead on this one that I'm just like, like I'm, yeah, I'm, like, I'm, I'm really She screwed. ruined... She ruined Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's terrible. Jurassic Park, oof. but the one that she did at the start was rubbish. Terrible. Told you, man. She, she's got she more was... hits than she has misses. And so. I and I. All right. So this actually go into a private conversation that you guys have no knowledge of in our little private. It was, chat on, the, it was on the Discord. Was it in the Discord? Okay, yes. So I mean, fine. if they don't know about it, it's their own fault for not being on the Discord. They could have waited and called you a moron as well. We could have all dogpiled you. Could have. I always call it a my my counter argument to that was is that you can tell the projects that Kathleen Kennedy was the lead on and the ones that she wasn't and the argument that I pushed back on was that I really enjoy can I point to things that Kathleen Kennedy's name is executive producer is on that I enjoyed since Disney's taken over the property absolutely I can point to the Mandalorian I enjoyed the force awakens for what it was I enjoyed solo I enjoyed Rogue One these are things that had her name on it. I can absolutely point to things that she did. What I can say, however, when it came to the main flagship of the of the of the universe, what drove everything forward absolutely fumbled and failed on those of every stretch of the imagination. Which is why I'm kind of if we take it out of that and we take her away from the main characters and I'm going the same I'm going the same route with the Ryan Johnson theory. If Ryan Johnson had directed a movie that wasn't Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, like if Maybe it could have. Oh, been. Are we gonna are we gonna have this conversation for every show we talk about? Because Kathleen Kennedy stood in the grand center of the image I'm looking at, announcing all of them. So and, are we gonna? And I'm gonna throw no, this no. out there. I think the greatest mistake that Kathleen Kennedy made when it comes to the to the three movies is that she never allowed a continuity piece to be put in place. Correct. That's the only failing when it comes to it. If you take Force Awakens and and Last Jedi as two separate movies completely, which is kind of probably where the Star Wars fandom probably should do, is take them as kind of like books rather than movies by different authors. Because otherwise, it's always going to be Last Jedi sucks or The Last Jedi was great. And that device you, that you either hate The Last Jedi or you hate Rise of Skywalker. There's no getting around it. Right? Got, you have to hit one of them. I think so. I think that that's where that fandom is, and it all comes down to the lack of continuity. But I also blame the original, the, the first director in that series, because he's the one who had the right to the story at the beginning, and he never had continuity within his story. And ultimately, you know, when I look at Ryan Johnson, I'm sure he was past like two pages of notes. These are the things that we were looking at, but 
You can do whatever you want because yeah, these were the mystery boxes that I don't have answers to. Crack exactly. on, exactly. Yeah, and just keep going. When I look at what Ryan Johnson did, he he made a Star Wars story. You know, yeah. it may not have been perfect. It may not have been to the liking of everybody or fit the George Lucas view of Star Wars, but ultimately. It's still good Star Wars. It's just different. It's completely different. And so, like I said, view those three movies as books rather than by different authors. Because when I watch, when I watch, uh, Rise of Skywalker, I hate to say it, but even though it was directed by the same guy that did The Force Awakens, it's not the same storyline at all. Oh God, no, no. It, it's, it, it has no, no bearing on either of the first two movies and neither of the first two. It wasn't like, Star Wars yeah, and the it, Empire. It's three films that have numbers on them for no reason. For no reason. Yep. Correct. They're books. Yeah. To me, they're just different <laughs> stories by different authors. Yeah. So, but my point is, I was yeah, able to. No, I'm not. We're done. Movie. We're done. We're not doing any more. We're not going to talk about Kathleen oh, Kennedy okay. and, okay. and we'll, your uh, mansplaining why she's terrible at her job because she's a woman. Um, we're not, oh, whoa, we're not whoa, <laughs> whoa, that is not what I said. You were retracting. <laughs> getting getting back to getting back to the acolyte, I'm looking I'm actually looking forward to this because it's a new view of Star Wars. Right. <laughs> it's a new era. I could care less who the lead is, I could care less who's writing it, you know, who's heading whatever. Truthfully, if they're smart, they're gonna follow the Favreau way of doing things. It doesn't have to be exactly they don't have to do the volume, but when you talk about it, why is why is one series right now working? It's because one person is writing the outlines to all of them. And if they keep doing that, they're going to be successful. That's why I'm looking forward to this. This looks like it could be fun. I hope I hope we see Yoda in that, but as a bit role, you know, as a you see him like once or maybe twice, you know, through the whole thing, but then you don't see him again. And I'm looking forward to because it's Star Wars. I'm looking forward to it because it's a new era of Star Wars that we haven't seen. Yep. And unfortunately, there's probably going to be a lot of laser swords in it. I really hope not. I hope it's more, you know, more of a... That's probably the wrong one to talk about if you yep, don't want I was laser gonna swords. Say, I was, exactly. If that, if you <laughs> I think know. It's really less I, know I, I understand that. This is the wrong show. I understand that, but I'm just saying I hope that there's not too many. <laughs> well, let's get into the one that would be more, I think. Uh, if we want to get into... Uh, well, we've got alphabetical still. All, yeah. all right. Because uh, there's three A's, so we got Ahsoka next. Now Andor oh, would be next, alphabetically. H before N, isn't it? A H becomes before N. Oh, that's right. Her, yeah, I keep forgetting how to spell her name. You are <laughs> yeah. correct. Ah, Ahsoka. And Ahsoka. Oh, boy, am I excited for this one. Oh boy, am I excited! So I think we, I first, my my belief is that just based on her appearance, I'm trying not to spoil shit for Chad. My thought process is she's going to be continuing her story arc um, from the from last, time, yeah. the last time that we saw her, which is also a continuing her story arc from the last time that we saw her in Rebels, in that it's going to be the search for Ezra, uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Like there's so much cool stuff in there that could possibly come out of it. There are some of those Star Wars theorists that believe that that is going to be the series that um, erases the Disney sequel trilogy from existence, uh, just based on the, the the little graphic around her name. I'm not. I don't know that they're going to do that. There's the deep Star Wars fan that wishes that they would. I don't know that they're going to do that. Well, I mean, this is what could take you into the heir to the Empire Thrawn trilogy. If they yeah. really wanted to go that route with it and 
recast, of course, the you know mains and all that. But that's down the line. I mean, did a really good job. I, I I enjoyed the character. I thought she did a fantastic job. She the voice is the only thing that throws me off. So they did something really really cool where they had another actor from that did the voice for a character in the TV show and brought them into the live action. And they, they, they did not do the same with Ahsoka. So like, there's that little part of it. That's like, eh, that having been said, I was fine with it. It, it worked out good. I'm looking forward to that series. I think that one's going to be another cool one, maybe less laser swordy for you, but I think there's still going to be laser sword, Sean. No, 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 no. I, I don't mind laser swords. I just hate, Tons of them, you know, <laughs> prequel, prequel amounts of laser swords. That the, the acolyte is going to be all <laughs> laser swords all the time. I, I, I realize two laser swords on one person most of the time. Yeah, I'm gonna have to have like, like put like a tape on my glasses to block, you know, laser swords. Just there, there is a point for me. Like it was great, you know, the the duel of fates, the the dark ball fight was great. That was that was awesome. Then it just went way out of control after that. But anyway, I, I, you're, you're going to be a side. Battles oh, in the pits in episode two levels of laser swords. If you want my honest opinion, the arena. Yeah, I'm hoping not. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping not. But one thing I'm going to ask, and because this is a topic I've seen, Thrawn. Who is going to play Thrawn? The bat should be a good fit. I saw that, and I thought that was a good one, a good shout. Who? Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh God, yeah, that would be awesome. I and think he's he would, under the Disney umbrella. Well, and I think he would be perfect for it, actually. I think that I, hell his, yeah. his stature, his view, because if you look at how he is built, it's and I know the 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 person who played Thrawn in Rebels or the voice actor, you know, they supposedly molded Thrawn after him, but I don't see it. Like I've seen him and I've seen Thrawn and I don't think they look even remotely similar. When I look at uh, you know, when I look at Cabbage Patch, I think he could be a perfect Thrawn in this, you know. He's a really good voice actor as well, if you ever he heard him do all of the uh, impersonations and stuff. So yeah. I have no doubt he, he could channel too. the voice if he needed to. Yeah, exactly. And, and yeah. Thrawn, in, when I read Heir to the Empire, the voice of Thrawn was not that quiet voice. It was a Cumberbatch-style voice. That was always the way that I always imagined it. When I heard it in Rebels, it was uh, I don't know yeah. if I like that. Yeah, but that's just me. You know, I'm I'm you know I have my point of view, and, and that's mine. But I'm looking forward to this. I was never like big into the into the Ahsoka story or anything like that. I did like Ahsoka, but but I was you know I watched the whole uh, you know that whole whole all the seasons of that. I liked her in it, but then I really liked Rosario Dawson though. She's Yes. In, in this role. She was really good. Yes. And she made me feel like I cared about this Ahsoka where I didn't care as much about the cartoon version. Yes. And I think, so I had the same conversation with someone at work and I said, I thought that it was a really good divorce from the cartoon character, the animated character, to have Rosario Dawson in that role because it, 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 it for lack of a better term, it fleshed the character out for me. She's a different Ahsoka than, well, she's not the same character that she was at the beginning of Clone Wars going into the end of Clone Wars. This is more of the character that we saw in Rebels. Uh, and Rosario Dawson did a really good job for the brief time that she was on camera. I thought it was fantastic. And I'm really looking forward to it. Exactly. Oh, then we move on to Ando, uh, which has been rumored for a while. It was the first show that they announced. <laughs> and this yeah. is the one I have been looking forward to the most out of any. I I'm curious so, about the it was. I am so excited for this because this is just pure RPG fodder. 
Oh God, when, yeah. When you look at this, the the Fantasy Flight RPG game, Age of Rebellion, this will go into that like there's no tomorrow because that's Absolutely. all this is about. This is that dirty underbelly of the rebellion, and I cannot wait for this grit and grime show to come out. I also love Diego Luna. He's one of my top ten favorite actors. I love him as an actor. He's he's so good. I think that they kind of in Rogue One. You know, of course, Rogue One was never a character development movie, which is what people bitch about the most about that movie is that these characters were not very well fleshed. You get it, you know. And I really like Diego Luna in that, and I like the fact that that was his redemption arc story. You know, when you look at Rogue One. And yet he was still just kind of need to be redeemed. Oh my yes. God, yes. <laughs> yes. The best scene in yes. Star Wars out of any Star Wars movie I've ever seen is when Diego Luna shoots the guy in the back. That is the best yeah. scene because it just shows how my gosh to me. Do you know what? I, I thought even the channel is the Anakin we know from Cornwall. So I, 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 I understand. But like, like I said earlier, I'm not as big of a fan on Clone Wars. Yeah. You know, it's just that's just the way that I am. That that line kind of it didn't take it away, but it just kind of detracted from it a little bit. For me. I, I think if I the, the hidden stars of Rogue One for me is Krennic and Galen. The interplay oh, between those two is so good. The acting's you're, brilliant. You're missing one of my. You're missing my favorite. Um, I loved uh, my favorite character out of Rogue One was K2SO Alan Tudyk. Exactly, and he's going to be repro- he's going to be <laughs> and he's going to be back. Yeah, yeah and that's another yes. reason why I'm looking forward. To, yeah, like Al, first of all, I love Alan Tudyk. Absolutely, I've loved Alan yep. Tudyk and everything he's ever done. And so no, it's a leaf on the wind for me. Oh no, it's pirate. It's pirate Alan is the best for me. Yes, pirate Alan is the best. <laughs> I mean, well, I can go upstairs that. and get Evie's toy dinosaurs and like. Uh, uh, but, Kirsh, but for me, it's like, like trail. I, I own I own two or three Funko Pops, and Andor Cassian is one of them. So I am so so ready for this. I told my son the other day. I said, no matter what, you got to make sure you got to keep me alive until this series is over. <laughs> until this I one, series in its entirety. This one I want to see. This is Mando season two was awesome, but this, in my opinion, is going to just make that look like, you know, an episode two of prequels, you know, in essence. I'm still trying to figure out how that got pushed. How And don't get me wrong, Mandalorian's good. I, I think Mandalorian season two is better than season one, hands down. By um, far. But, uh, I'm still trying to figure out how Mandalorian got pushed ahead of Cassian Andor, because Cassian Andor, like, that was announced, like, right after? Rogue I think one. it's because the Diego Luna's schedule. Oh, maybe. Maybe that might have something to do with it. Hey, so... Bad Batch. Don't care. Could be okay. Could it's be the good. only one of these that I don't care about. Like, truthfully, I just don't care. No, there's, uh, another, I, one. there's another one further down the line that I genuinely don't care about. So the thing with a Bad Batch for me is I I don't I, I don't think this has been announced, but obviously the Bad Batch are in the final season of, of Corn Wars, and I was just like... This is just a spin-off series that yep, yep, they've shoot on in. It, it may run one season. And and it was it's not even that. It's like it's fine. It was more the and this might be holding a grudge for no real reason. Or as we like to call it, pulling an ad when it comes to Star Wars. Well, um, I have very good reasons for holding my grudge, thank um, you very much. But like yeah. a batch episodes in in that season of Clone Wars 
just took away two potential episodes where I could have had more interplay between Obi-Wan and Anakin. Right. Yeah. Which is what I wanted to see. And I will preface this. This is the one I care about the least, but I will still watch it. Oh, I mean, I'm excited because it's animated, and I think that they should keep that going as well. I, I'm happy that there's live-action stuff, but I don't want them to lose focus on the success that their animated um, properties have brought them. Agreed. Right. I do like the fact that yeah. Filoni will be ep on that, so that's going to be a good thing. So continuity will... Continuity will still exist. I'm sure he'll do a good job. What I'm worried about with the Bad Batch is like, this is like a vast majority of the stuff that we're covering here are all spinoffs. So, I mean, we're not going to even gone through the whole library yet, but a lot of this is a spinoff of a spinoff of a spinoff. There's very few things that have been, that, that are going to be quote unquote original content. And this is just one of those things like, maybe we've spun one too many times around the wheel, like Bad Batch. Like, I mean, it, I mean, oh, it could no. be. Like, we're it could we're be about to get to my... Yeah. My one of those. So there aren't any C's, but we do have a D, a droid story. Couldn't care less. Waiting for that. C3PO and R2D2 and another character is what is that's what I read or heard about this. Is that is that line up with what other people have heard? But it's what it says is Lucas Animation will team up with Industrial Light and Magic to create a new adventure. For R2-D2 and C-3PO, a hybrid animation and visual effects, the epic journey will introduce a new hero to be guided by the beloved droid duo on a mission known only to them. Yeah, just like what I worry about in a timeline, are you dropping this and why do I care? Right. I don't think this is for us. I think this is for your, your daughter. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm in. And that's fine because I, I've done very little research because I didn't want to do the research i wanted to have hot takes and my hot take on this one is like what what just spluttering i don't know yeah, yeah you're right this is the one that when i saw this on the outside i'm like i don't care this I, reminds do, like, I, I like the droids i do like the droids i grew up with the droids i, I my hope the, the key thing is going to be how do you replace anthony daniels voice that that's that's where that's the only key thing because C3PO isn't C3PO without that voice. It's not going to be one that you're going to be able to just throw another voice into. For people like me, for you know the 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 people who've grown up with one voice forever, it's going to be just like when when they have to replace James Earl Jones oh. for Darth Vader. You know, oh. it's going to be the same thing. Is how do you do it, and how will it be accepted? Oh. Beyond that, you know, it's a Star Wars universe. I love it because it puts into my head what I can throw into a probably never played but RPG, you know, what I want yeah, to do with I, an RPG. I can see that. I'm, I'm, do you remember the droids TV show, though? That like, was that's horrible. That, that was literally That's horrible. what I'm afraid of. But that was also a network. You know, that was a whole different deal, too. And I get that, that, but that's what I'm. That's why this one excites me the absolute least of all the things that they announced. Is I'm afraid it's going to be that. It's just a modern so, day version of. I mean, yeah, I, I watch a dry cartoon, so maybe, maybe Evie will enjoy it. <laughs> so, uh, unless I'm becoming more dyslexic as the episode goes on, when it comes to Lando. It, it, as long as Donald Glover's playing it, I will absolutely watch it. I'm I, in. Yep. I have said, said this on record multiple times. Uh, Lando Calrissian is my favorite non-Jedi character in Star Wars. Uh, I loved <laughs> Billy D. Williams in it. I was really 
uh, skeptical that Donald Glover would be able to pull it off in uh, in Solo, and I think that he did a smashing job, and I want more Lando. Well, here's the deal. I want more Lando away from Luke, Leia, yes. and Solo. I want yeah, Lando. I want, like, I want Lando to be a Solo prequel. I'll do... Oh, oof. So my problem with that is it puts the Millennium Falcon into the into the into the equation. Yeah, and I'm in. I, I I get a double win. I, I want to see him. I want to see him winning Cloud City. I, I, yes. I want to see Cloud City and his adventures and all those things that got him to that point, rather than pre Solo. Sean and I are on the same page. I don't know. <laughs> I think that that's a. I think I do think that that's a softball when you look at story and what you can tell. It's like you know. It's pitching the watermelon, you know, down, you know, the 60 feet, six inches. But at the same time, I just think Donald Glover would be so cool yeah. being that guy. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. He, like I said, he did such a good job in Solo. It was easily my favorite part of that movie. Absolutely. More Lando, please. I would prefer but, but let me, can I, Solo. Can I throw this in, though? I wouldn't mind yeah. seeing a flashback story where you have Billy D today, you know, in his Ooh. retirement with a flashback. You know, like, like he's like kind a, of the narrator. One day like, years kind of thing. Like, like, like Billy, Billy D. Williams is the narrator. Yeah, yes. He's the narrator of the overarching, and you see him once in a while, but then it always flashes back to Donald Glover. Maybe it's Billy D. Williams and his potentially granddaughter slash lover. We no. never find out. No. And their, their escapades. <laughs> no way. There is no way that that is what they're going. They are going. I mean, with it's Donald not been Glover. confirmed that it's Donald Glover, so maybe you know, who can say? There yeah, is it's no hard. way that that's the plan. It's going to be you all know, about Cloud City, DS Nine. I mean, I would, I enjoyed DS Nine, even the um, the crappy soap opera part of DS Nine before the Dominion was. So if it is just Lando going around Cloud City. Well, here, basically, here's my thing. maybe it's Lando, and it's really the story of the ice cream maker. <laughs> I mean, it's not even that. If it's if it's uh, Lando running Cloud City, I got my fucking thing wrong there. That's like DS Nine being run by Quark. <laughs> yeah. arguably could have been a better show. I'm just throwing that out yeah. there. I, I watched the whole thing on Netflix, binged it. I thought, well, I was like, okay, it's all right, it's all right. And then I got to the end, and I was like, oh, my God, that ending sucked ass. You weren't a big fan of Space Jesus? Space Jesus no. didn't do it for you? No. <sighs> um, and and I, I I just finished binge-watching Voyager not too long ago, and I was like, that ending kind of sucked for me also. I'm like, yeah. I don't know. I lose it on Voyager when she commits genocide, you know. Yeah. When my, the, uh, my protagonist becomes the antagonist, I'm just not in. Yeah. yeah. Once the, they should have ended it right when the Dominion War ended and just left that open. And like those last two episodes were not required. Oh, I don't know. You needed a, a clean ending for Golden Cart. That's fine. No, no, you didn't. <laughs> All right. Next. Yeah, are, that was a weird <laughs> character. Like, I, I know uh, we're going into the Warrior season three. Absolutely. On board. Um, and I, we're, we're going to gloss over this and talk about it. At, as when we cover season two, I think. Yeah. Because agree. we don't want to do it. We can't do it justice without spoiling it. I want to spoil a target so that people who haven't seen it all yet can. In really quick, it. Chad, unfortunately, I could not help you out. I actually <laughs> talked to Disney uh, directly. All right. I, I talked to Disney directly, or their oh, wow. the company. So that does Disney Plus. So unfortunately, I was trying. Oh, B1 Kenobi. Oh, 
hell yes. Hayden Christensen coming back in the suit, I assume, <laughs> to play Darth Vader during the time frame. Although she, Kathleen Kennedy intimated a an epic battle, which I assume would be Obi-Wan and um, Vader fighting again. I'm, I'm in on oh, Obi-Wan absolutely. and Hayden, but I want them to never share screen time in anything other than the Ray and Kylo when they do like the force intermingling. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. Like if they appear in each other's visions kind of thing, like in um Ed's favorite film. Oh, but, um, I, will, I will say this, it is directed by Deborah Chow, so I think it's going to be pretty darn good. I, I, I think it's gonna be really good. I I I loved look, Sir Alec Guinness was in my mind like the quintessential obi-wan kenobi and i really struggled with ewan mcgregor in that role in the phantom menace i didn't like him in episode one i didn't like him in the role he did not feel i like... don't like you either <laughs> come on ed just say it ed, say it say it say it. stay off my lawn you damn teenagers <laughs> by the time episode two and episode three rolled around i had started to warm up to his version so what Obi-Wan you said is you didn't like change but once it stopped being change and was just normal. No, no, it has nothing to do with, nothing to do with, no, nothing to do with the king. It has nothing to do with that. I just, like, I, he didn't look like Obi-Wan Kenobi to me in episode one. It was uh, No, because he's do. playing like a 20-year-old instead of a 60-year-old. I, I get mean, it, I get um, it. How I dare they it. not make... Like, <laughs> that being said, I have warmed up to him. It took me two movies to get warmed up, but I warmed up to him on episodes two and three, and by the end you of You were my brother, Anakin. You were yeah. supposed to... Oh, come yeah. on, man. A tear. A single tear. <laughs> I hate you! Oh. No. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to him reprising the role and moving forward to see what Obi-Wan was doing all that time. So, here's my my what I would love to see if we're going to include that force connection piece to it. The first time it happens, though, Obi-Wan has to be sitting on the can reading the most Eisley Times. Vader has to be on the can reading the Death Star right. Times. And all of a sudden, just like right in mid-push, mid, mid somehow they connect. Is that the take dumps anymore? Does he not all like, get colostomy bagged for him? I don't know. I don't know. He does. I'm oh, I can see him on the can going, ooh, the force is strong with this one. <laughs> I'm surprised nobody has sat there and said they want to see Obi-Wan out in the desert talking to Liam Neeson as a force ghost. Well, that's that's a strong possibility, although he wasn't talking to Obi-Wan. He was talking to Yoda, which is why right. Yoda's Yoda, the one at the end of At the end of three, Yoda was telling Obi-Wan yeah. that he was talking to him, yeah. and he was telling yeah. him that he should talk to him also. Yeah. I mean, there's so much good that you could do with it, but I think this is the one that is the most worrying of where you could... Because the fan service conversations we've had as well, I think this is the one where if you have an epic battle between Obi-Wan and Vader, Obi-Wan has to win, because then nothing else will make sense. I'm telling you, I'm going to throw this out there. You could have the Obi-Wan and Darth Maul fight in this. They did it early. again. Yeah. I, I, I'm just saying, you could do it in a live action. You could actually do it. 
And it would be cool. I'm not going to lie. If they recreated that fight in live action, it would be cool. Um, exactly. That fight's canon as well, so you can't change it, though. So it has I know, I'm just saying you could. I mean, if it has they, to be exactly the same. I mean, we're talking about getting rid of three movies. You know, why why can't we change that? You know. Oh, we're not talking about that, though, Sean. Ed's having a wet dream occasionally. <laughs> I, I flat out said that I don't think they're going to do that. My opinion was is I don't think they're going to do that. You want them to, but you don't think uh, they will. I want them to do that. Uh, please, they're not going to. Please, please, be a Star Wars. Please change the things I don't like. Don't like so, so here's my question, then. Is this the one you take the lowest expectations into? Yes. No, because unfortunately, Ewan McGregor is tremendous as Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, he is, actually. So, But at the same I time, mean, do you still take the lowest expectations in on this one? I understand. Let me preface this. I think and, and this isn't singling you out, but for fans that are like you that are very strict-minded with story and canon, do you take, do you walk into this with the least expectations. Yeah, because I think this is the one, of all the shows that they announced, I think this is the one they have the least amount of wiggle room. I think, oh. unfortunately, as much as I want to see that time frame portrayed out, I think there's so much established that we know happened that they have very little creative wiggle room to work with in that series. That's the only concern that I have with them. But if this timeline goes from when the day he dropped Luke off to the day he met with Luke in the desert, if you take that, how many years is that? What is that, 20 years ish? Yeah. 18 years? Yeah. I, I go back to 16 to 18 years. So you have, that's your time frame you're playing in. You're playing in. Any prequel series is that I already know how it ends. Like there's no there's no drama to it for me because I know Obi Wan lives at the end. Well, I get that. You, you also have to look at like the canonized um, comic books that Marvel all released, all the Star Wars ones, Sweet Film Luke have Obi-Wan's journal in it, which flashbacks to Obi-Wan doing stuff. So do you just invalidate all of that as well? Or are you just going to take those stories and make it into this? I don't well, know. I, I don't believe, know. If you believe what Disney said is that they have a continuity department, which I jokingly, uh, I, I laugh at that, um, in that all the video games, all the TV shows, all the books are all canon and all considered to be. So you can't invalidate that. That's the reason why they can't invalidate the um, Darth Maul Obi-Wan fight or change it in any way, shape, or form. It has to be exactly the same if they show it. But well, coming to um, to Sean's point, I if I could, I would like to lower my expectations of this. But I'm that hyped to see Ewan McGregor play yeah. Obi-Wan again that I can't help it. <laughs> That'll be the one that you can gush over then. I'm still going to watch it. Let's just be clear. I mean, the, the least amount of expectations for, and then you guys are saying the droid story? You're saying this one? The I droid have... story is just a whole different planet. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's not really no. the same. But the key with this, the, the, only thing, the only thing in Obi-Wan that I'm not understanding, like, is Hayden Christensen back as Darth Vader? Are you putting Hayden Christensen in the suit on stilts? Are you, what are we doing here? You know, like that's the part that I don't get. Are we right. doing? Are we doing a, a Peter Jackson version? Because Hayden Christensen isn't six six eight or six ten, whatever Vader was. Yeah, but just no. I, I don't think I'm concerned about that. Like Peter Jackson doing the uh, Lord of Rings with the Hobbits and stuff worked what, twenty years ago now. So it still works today. I, but, 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 but I'm just saying, 
what do we get from Hayden Christensen? Because if he's Vader, he's just all if, makeup up. If you want my honest answer, you're going to get Pedro Pascal in The Mandalorian in Obi-Wan Kenobi. I Hayden think the helmet will come off a lot for it as well. You think? The I think back, so, yeah, yeah, you'll have the back of the scenes. You'll have... In the comics, the there's interactions where he's in his vacuum chamber and he's um, trying to... So from memory, um, for a couple of the comics I've read, is um, he can pull in the force to heal himself, but then the dark side energy kind of like burns it all out of him. So you can have a different yin and yang of his state of being. True. So, I mean, I think it will be really interesting. My... I hope that they've brought him in so that they can just tell two parallel stories at the same time. That's actually what I'm and, and, and pad it out because like, there isn't really that much to talk about if it is just Obi-Wan taking a dump as much as Sean would gush <laughs> oh, or man. sploosh. I don't know. That would be the ultimate, just, just right there. But it's, I, I agree with you, Chris. I'm hoping it's a parallel story with like a dyad connection. Yes. Yeah, that's why I say like the 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 force vision interactions would be cool. I think I think that would be a, a neat way of doing it. Or or maybe Hayden Christensen is in Obi Wan's head that it's like a second voice. I I so I think it I think it'd be vice it, it got to be young Anakin if it's in his head. That's what I'm saying. I mean, you're gonna you still have Hayden Christensen's voice. I haven't heard him speak in years. Let's try so. spinning. He it's a exactly neat trick. Not that one. Are you, not are you an one. angel? <laughs> um, right. it's a, this right. is the one that I thought Sean would be the most excited about. Rangers of the New Republic. This is number two. This is actually number number two. Say that again, Chad. I put a picture up on our Facebook group for about that one. Did you see that, Ed? I missed that one. Oh, it had five stormtroopers, each one with different Power Rangers color and all in the like, <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. good. No, this uh, is the Cara Dune series. Uh, yep. I absolutely have, This goes right down the same route, in my opinion, like with, with what reason why Sean's so excited for the and, Cassie Andor series. It's the same reason why I'm excited about this series. Yeah, this is my number two, just because I want to see another side of... I, I, I don't want to see the side that we've seen in Star Wars. I want to see the side of the Old Republic, the New Republic that you don't see. It's that under... The operatives, you know, going out and doing it because I want the RPG fodder. You know, I, it, for me, I, for me, Star Wars is about RPG fodder. Everything in Star Wars, and you can ask my son, which you, you know, you probably never will be able to. But when I watch The Mandalorian, when I talk to him, it's not about the characters and what they've done. It's about the ships and the sets. Yeah, that's what I talk to him mm-hmm. about the most because I just I gush at the at the flipping bridge of the shuttle. You know, and I, I'm sorry, Chad, but it's just, I, I, I couldn't help it. You know, I just, I lost my mind. Yeah, so when we the were thing there. I'm really excited for for this one would be if it's something like a Band of Brothers. Like, that's my hope. Like, that would be the dream if it's Band of Brothers. That but, would be awesome. But then my, as, as long as it's better in the Pacific, I'll be okay. <laughs> See, and I don't want, I don't want Cara Dune starring in this because I want her to continue down the thread of the Mandalorian. But I think they've they've announced that all of those series are going to interact. So you're going to have Rangers uh, and Ahsoka and Mandalorian and another show. Uh, we're going to keep spoiler free here for Chad. Um, all kind of running in parallel. 
So it's going to be more along the lines of like your CW Flash universe kind of thing, where they're all kind of running in parallel storylines and occasionally they intersect. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm okay with that. that. That's totally fine because I don't care. You know, we've had TV series run throughout the years that always touch into things. You know, what was it, Dallas and Falcon Crest way back when? You know, had, <laughs> had pieces that were, I believe, were together. And it's just, I really like the role Gina Carano is playing, but if exactly. she gets her own series, I'm cool with it. You know, I am. She was really I, good. Yeah. Really good at Mandalorian. You know, I mean, watching her punch somebody is like just, yes. Yeah, I think awesome. the, the yeah. nature of that kind of show, though, it has to be an ensemble cast because you can't tell those kind of squad based war stories with a single lead, or else it becomes not. It, it breaks a verisimilitude of the of what you're trying to do. So yeah, I, she might be in it or whatever. But the, the main thing for me is trying to tell was those ground level stories for what's going on in the universe. Right, yeah, I, and because I, this like, is New Republic. Be... This is this is New Republic, not Republic. Mm-hmm. So the stories are going to be a little bit different. If if it was Rangers of the Republic, then I could see it being more of a or Rangers of the Rebellion. I could see it being more of that type of storyline, Chris. But because this is the New Republic, are there going? Are there episodes of that many battles still going on? Where that was all the remnants and stuff like that, and the warlords that that are established. That's true. It's kind of like mop up duty, mopping yeah. up the empire. Yes. Yeah. Just because they defeated the second Death Star doesn't mean the empire just magically went away. Oh yeah. yeah no. This is post Jakku timeline. So yeah. But. They've broken the back of the Empire in its organized resistance, but then it's also post-Operation Cinder. So, like, all of the... Um, which books is it? Like, Alphabet Squadron stuff has all happened and things. So there's loads of stuff ex- starting to exist in that time. This is what we we spoke about, though. Um, we needed that trilogy to be done so it could start filling in this time period. Yes. And that's that's what's exciting to me. Right. Um, then Rogue Squadron, which Ooh, I believe is um, post uh, Rise of Skywalker, I believe. It's post Rise of Skywalker? Are you sure? I believe so. But so it's, oh, future, it's, it's future era of the galaxy. That's yep. really all it gives. All right. Well, then now I, I, a I'm new sure. generation of starfighter pilots as they earn their wings. So it's going to be a season of Battlestar Galactica. Oh, See, but, but she's going to be a Dharma. Yeah, when All I right. heard that though, I thought that that was going to be more like like how Wedge got to be Wedge and how, like so like. Well, I we know though because he's in Rebels. Yeah, no, I Rebels know. already destroyed Wedge for everyone who loved Wedge. I know that. What I'm saying, like, I guess whenever I read the the synopsis for the series, I did not interpret that as post Last Jedi or post uh, Rise of Skywalker. I read that as more all in the same kind of era, like, this is how Rogue Squadron came to be kind of thing. No, I'm, well, I'm pretty sure this is modern, like, current timeline, given that, like, a, Rise of Skywalker the is the last that's thing. The only thing, the only project they have on the slate that's post, that's anything remotely cl- dealing with post-Disney uh, trilogy. But that's like saying the Acolyte is the only one set in the High Republic, like, everything's getting something. Well, yeah, the reason why... Ed, this one would be a tough one to do for anybody because of the damn books, you know. 
because there's always going to be the book nerd that compares their books to the the Rogue Squadron and how Rogue Squadron was built. Yeah, but Disney has clearly shown they don't give a fuck about that. That's why, like, Thrawn is alive and well, and he's in yeah. Rebels. But I think the backlash on Solo part of it, not just, of course, Last Jedi, I get that, but the backlash on Solo was also the book nerds, because Solo... I mean, I heard somebody very prominent in the X-Wing community say, I hated it because the... What's the stupid dice game, the card dice game that they play? Sabacc. Yeah, Sabacc wasn't the way that it was in the book. I'm almost like, what the living yeah. shit is that? You know, book nerds, book nerds that are still pissed off that they threw out all their books, you know. So, from memory, the way that Han beats Wando... Is the type of Sabak they're playing the card, the anti, and the not yet. The if you if you compare it to something like um, Texas Hold'em, where you've got the three the three cards and you flip the fourth and then a river, they change at random time intervals. So hands what Han has got a losing hand, but manages to stall the game out. The cards change, and then he's got the nuts and wins. Yeah. So, so like Lando has him beat, and then the hand just gets lucky from memory, I think. But someone can yeah. tell me how wrong I am. Yeah, that's kind of how it went. Yeah, no, you're. I think you're fairly accurate yeah. there. Paraphrasing, Chris's head cannon says. Yep. Sorry, I just took a quick glance back to all of my Rogue Squadron books back there, and I'm like, is it really going to ruin it if they rewrite those stories differently? I've sort of given up on the extended yeah. universe. I'm, I'm I'm sorry to say. Like, but, I know that it's gone. And a lot of my childhood of reading some of those stories were just that, just stories. Legends expanded, expanded universe, you mean? Yeah, I, I threw an X-Wing term in there, didn't I? Look at that. But yeah, no. no it's in, well, expanded universe, or extended universe, whatever, can be, like, because there's new books, like Alphabet Squadron would be extended universe of current canon. You're talking about, you threw out... Yes, oh, I was, okay, I was, I was confused for a minute there because I was like, some of the books are actually pretty good. Yeah, okay, you're right. I, yeah. I misspoke there. You're right. Legend stuff. I've re- the stuff's all been relegated to re- legends. So that's why I was sort of excited about it because I still loved those books when I was young. And oh. if they were still telling similar stories with similar cast um, and just canonizing it, that would have been cool. Yeah, uh, there's multiple from think- books now. I need yeah. to take two seconds. I've got a dog yep. that wants to go out. Here you go. We'll keep going. Players. Yep. <laughs> uh, so, shall we just close out the show? Leave him. <laughs> <laughs> just leave Craig running. It'll be all right. Um, Star Wars Visions. Uh, so this one's, for the type of show it is, it's going to be hard to get it right or wrong. Because it's just, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Like uh, The thing I've, uh, this one brings to mind is the Animatrix DVD. Yeah. Where it, where it was just five shots in the Matrix universe. Right. That's what this project brings to mind to me. And I, I don't think I own it anymore, but I, I bought that when it came out and enjoyed it, and it was interesting. So, yeah, I'm, I'm in for Star Wars Visions. I think taking it from an anime in the direction of an anime direction could be cool. Um, so, but by anime, as in like the, the style of the Matrix thing right, that came right. out was just five. The art style and was completely different in all of them, mm-hmm. and they were just yeah. self-contained little stories. 
and they were five different writers for five different shows. Yeah. I don't think that's the direction they're going with the visions of, isn't it? I thought it was like, going to be like a series. No, it's ten short films celebrating the galaxy through the lens of the world's best anime creators and offering a fresh and diverse cultural perspective to Star Wars. Well, that could be interesting. Oh, if you think of like the TIE Fighter um, anime yes, thing. Yes, that was really cool. <laughs> That's pretty cool, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think this just opens up this opens up culturally other people to be able to do other things that are canon, you know, which I think is pretty cool. All right. This to risk walking a line that we don't tend to walk that isn't tongue in cheek. This is inclusivity done correctly, I hope. I hope. Acc- accessibility. Uh, as long as they they show respect to both sides. Mm-hmm. I think that this could be really successful and it's not that I'm not excited for it. It's the one that we have the, the least things to talk about because it is just a concept at the moment rather than fleshed out. But yeah. this is the one that I'm kind of the most hopeful for. This is a uniting the fandom back into a, a fandom rather than the 70 million different toxic fandoms and then the seven or eight <laughs> normal people who exist in the world. So. One thing for me is I'm not a big anime fan, so this would be more for my son than uh, me, but I'll still watch it. Yeah, I'm not a gigantic fan, but like it, it, like you said, it's Star Wars, so I will, I will absolutely watch it at least once. And if it turns out, like I liked the Animatrix, I like how uh, Chris pointed that out as a, as a as an option. Like I, I bought that, watched that, and enjoyed that, and I'd watch it again. Um, what I'm hoping, I guess, is like with the spanning, maybe this is just me building it up in my own head. Like I'm hoping to see like Knights of the Old Republic era, like like a short story in that time frame. Like not just restrict. This is the only problem that I have. <clears throat> if I have one minor bitch or complaint about any of it we're all still it was interesting to have kathleen kennedy go out in front and say we've got twenty-seven thousand years of history to go over in the star wars universe and we're really focused in on about the last 200 from beginning to end well what about the rest of it like there's so much stuff that could go before that's the only disappointment i have well, that's, that's where the ryan johnson trilogy comes in can't help but notice that wasn't announced just throwing that out there it is still actually, he's actually affirmed that it's still happening. He has said it. I've not heard Lucas say that. Yeah, well, I, I, I would believe a director, you know. It's just he's directing so many movies right now. It has nothing to gain and everything to lose by saying that. Exactly. Well, I would also make that argument that Disney has everything to lose by announcing another Ryan Johnson trilogy. Well, I don't think so. I mean, it's just like you said, it really comes down to the same thing you said about Last Jedi. This isn't going to be an OT. This is going to be something completely different. It's going to be, and if you want to start out in the Old Republic, he's a good guy, I think, to do it. Because I think he would live up to what the Old Republic, what you would want to see, or actually, he would be building the Old Republic, you know? And that's sort of what I'm afraid of, I guess. I don't know, maybe I've just, he's just soured my grapes so much for, for, for his take on Star Wars. I, I, I don't know. Maybe I, I, I could be wrong, and I very well could be. Well, remember, you didn't like Obi-Wan in Phantom Menace, so, you know, and I you did. liked him in the other two movies. I did. You're right. So, like, you're right. <laughs> See, that's growth right there. So you're showing growth. Yeah. So maybe it could be. But I did find it interesting. That, I mean, we're basically looking at projects going out to 2024, which is when Rogue Squadron is supposed to come out. Yeah, and I couldn't help but notice there was no Ryan Johnson trilogy. Although there's another thing that's supposed to come out that wasn't on this. Yeah, there's a there's a Taika Waititi movie. There's also a Taika Waititi movie. 
And another yeah. movie from a guy who did like Agents of Shield episodes. Correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. One thing I did want to just come back around to was Sean's point about not liking anime. Um, it's an old trope, but it's kind of like saying that you don't like pizza. You know, yeah, there's there's probably a pizza that you would like. It's not worth like arguing about or driving home the point. But I think like if this comes out and is anime, I wouldn't let that turn you off to it because no, no, there's no, 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 a, no, no, there's a no. lot of different. I'm in total there's agreement. A lot of scope in the genre, if that makes sense. I, I, I'm in total agreement. It's just the subject matter of anime. You know, like the popular animes doesn't do it for me. You know, like I've watched animes. It's not like I've never watched an anime before. Yeah, that's just for me, and, and it, it could be an age thing. I don't know. You know, it's not a get off my lawn thing. I'm actually beyond that with everything in life, with everything I've gone through <laughs> the last two years. I'm much more accepting of everything now. Even even the rise of Skywalker, I'm accepting of it. But my take on it is simply, like I said, it's like watching th- reading three different books from three different authors. You know. Yeah. But my my point about anime. I'm just not an, a fan of anime. It doesn't mean I'm not going to watch it. I wasn't a fan of the Clone Wars art style. It like really put me off, but I still watched all the seasons. Yeah. So it's Star Wars content. And like I said at the beginning of this, or at the beginning of our show, it's Star Wars content. This is what I right. want. This is what I have dreamed of. If you're giving it, I've read the Darth Vader comic book. I'm not a comic book guy, guys. I don't like comic books. It's just, but that, you've read that, that one. But I've read the Darth Vader series, and I have it actually um, on my Kindle, you know, or on my iPad or my phone. You know, I can read them anytime. I'm not a comic book guy. I'm not an anime guy. Um, but I read them. You know, I haven't read them all. I didn't read like the Luke's. I think there's like Luke Skywalker and an Obi Wan one and a Leia one and stuff. I haven't read any of those, but the Darth Vader one I did because I think Vader, that one. Vader one's the good one. Well, Vader was the one that kind of brought everything in together you know but, kind of Vader, Dr. Aphra um, Luke's um, Star Wars and then um, I think there's a couple of Leia ones in there as well Right. but yeah but I've got quite a lot of them now I've still not finished reading them I was picking them up when I see them cheap on Amazon kind of thing yep that's um, what I yeah. do yeah, I got them all for a buck ninety nine. Um, yeah I mean so we're getting into a point now where we want to go into spoiler territory so I think we should do the rest of the giveaway stuff um, I'll be right back. You keep going. I'll be right back. Yeah. Um, release Chad from um, his purgatory of being stuck with us and running the risk of us just talking about stuff happening in Mandalorian and then apologizing. <laughs> um, so, what do you reckon we do next? So, the cards spread that I showed, the only ones I want to do a roll for would be there's a Polaroo set of Imperial cards. So, we could do that one next. Number 20. Number 20. That will never happen again. I know, right? Sorry, Dave. I'm going to send you these even though I know you don't play X-Wing anymore because I know that it's fair and balanced and that's how we do this. So, Dave, you run some original art cards, man. Yes, and I don't even know why I'm telling it because you're probably not going to listen to this podcast. (laughs) <laughs> he's a uh, um, a friend from the UK who uh, he was a guy I was telling Ed should reach out to each other and do some magic content together oh that's right 
Yeah. So Dave has won the power Imperial cards. Okay. I'm gonna get him in the mail. Like, what the hell is this? <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna message him right away and laugh at him. If he does say that he doesn't want them, I will rejig it and give them to someone else. But I um, can't can't commit to that for him. Okay. Is there anything else? Uh, yeah, I've got loads. So, did you see the pictures? Yeah. Uh, he didn't even look at the pictures, did he, Chad? What a dick! I know, well, right? You're not seeing it. I, I tagged you in the page in the post is it, on is Discord. It on Discord. Hold on. I said there's going to be a lot of dice rolls. Oh, look at that! You're I actually had a conversation about adding his dice with somebody. And I was telling him about, like, yeah, like, Ed carries dice with him at, like, all times. And they were like, are you serious? I'm yeah. like, yeah, he's not much of an art. So we'll right do now. Lando's Millennium Falcon next. Another Paul LaRue original. Number seven. Paul Chapel. Um, then I can't remember what the other Paul LaRue card is. I can't make it out from there. Is it Dark Purse, maybe? Anyway, it's another Paul LaRue card. Well, let's, let's roll the dice, see who gets it. Paul Rue question mark. Number 15. Michael Dew. Okay. So here's a quick question for you, Chris. Can people win twice? Yeah. Um, we'll see. Yeah, in fact, they can because um, I, it's, I believe there's certain places where it would be illegal to say no. So, yeah, they can. <laughs> <laughs> um, ultimately, it doesn't matter because it, it's not a lottery. People didn't pay to get an entry or anything like that. Right. It's just me distributing them in a way that I see fit. But yeah, I don't mind. If someone just gets lucky, it's fine. Everyone's going to get something. So um, next up, we're going to do a deck box from... Oh, uh, man. It's an oldie but a goodie. Yeah. Number 11. Chris Fotheringham. Deck box. Okay, then we'll do... Oh, stress tokens. Yeah. Number two. Adam... Nordquist, then we'll do evade tokens. That is a number four. Shuresh Kumar. What did I say? Was that evade tokens? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Was that from Shuresh? Yeah. And then um, the focus tokens. Number 18. Got a fair distribution on this side of the night. Benjamin Curran. I think he's a local, so. No, he's more lower numbers. Yeah, higher numbers. I'm just saying fair distribution. By one. Yeah. Um, the next one will be, we'll do Django Fett Slave 1. I Ooh. bought one of each of the new wave to give away. That is going to be number 12. Oh, it's, it's an oldie. An oldie, but a goodie. Patrick. <laughs> yep. Uh, Patrick yep. Mia. I don't know. I keep writing his name because I'm saying it as I'm typing. Django. Okay, then we'll do the uh, ETA 2. Uh, that is number 16. Tommy Adams. He does repaints of his ships and stuff as well, so hopefully he'll paint this one. Cool. I do repaints all my ships. Uh, I know, but I I can't in good conscience let you be in the draw as much <laughs> as it pains me. <laughs> um, the Tri-Fighter. Oh, on the table. Number six. Number six. Matthew Durham. Is that their first repeat? No. I would oh, okay. Oh, it was so. nine before. It was nine before. Yeah. Okay, sorry. You rolled a 16 also. Yeah, it was 16. Um, I don't think... We, yeah, we've not had a repeat yet. And okay. then the V-Wing would be the last one. Number one. 
Number one. Okay. With a bullet. Uh, I feel bad. <laughs> um, so that's Zach. Uh, the Zach Matthews signed up for Patreon because he wanted to win the template tray. Wow. Well, we have determined that it is still possible. Um, and that was uh, the B-Wing. Correct. And then... Um, what was it? Yes, I think that's all of the prizes apart from the Dice Hate Productions <laughs> template tray. So um, it's a big one. Everyone's in the pot. Everyone's in the pot. Who is never number 17? 17 would be... Did I just do that wrong? No. That would be Chat. Michael. <laughs> That's Michael Do. Congratulations, Michael. Is that right? No, it's... Damn it. No, it's Peter. Oh, sorry. I went the wrong way. Sorry, Michael. I'm going to have to edit that out. Uh, time stop. Um, yeah, I, I shifted my columns down because I pushed enter by accident. I'm just going to... I'll tell you what. I'm just going to do this. And then it's back to... what. Yeah, Peter is 17. There you go. Um, yeah, so... No one no one won twice, so we're okay. Look at that. Yeah. Good job. I got to remember to sign up for Patreon <laughs> under a fake name one of these days. True. True. <laughs> All right. You guys change your names on Patreon, and then I can't do anything. And I'll... So I still, I send you all of the compulsory stuff. So you you will have a package from me at some time in the new year. It just won't have the templates in them. Yeah, until um, they're up for sale. Some people. So if people have seen these templates and would like them, I can reach out to the guy and see. Um, <laughs> but I think they might be prohibitively expensive because. I'm looking at about a hundred bucks for the uh, per tray at the minute. So yeah. I I I like them a lot, but I was an investment and branding opportunity for me, and then I got the extra to give away. But yeah, um, I'll reach out and see if he's up for making some more. If people would like to buy them, we'll work something out. So shoot me an email at dicate at gmail dot com or lack of focus podcast at gmail dot com. And if there's enough interest in there, I'll see what I can do. But no promises. But yeah, all of this stuff will get sent out in uh, the new year. Now, I'm not going to try I, I don't want it to get lost in the Christmas mail. So, um, Oh, yeah. But yeah, all the patrons, a big thank you. Everyone will get something, as I say. And then expect your free stuff. And because I probably made you all excited that you'd won the tray, Michael, I'll try and throw in something nice as well. Because <laughs> let's be honest, I'm going to forget to edit it out. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I think I've got like um, a 2015 range ruler somewhere. He's going to get the 2021 Ed swimsuit calendar. I mean... <laughs> I, I can start posing for that right now if we want to go down that route. No, I don't want to see that, no. <laughs> Nobody wants to see so, that. Any yes, uh, yes, Ed, but you have to have twelve different speedos. Ooh, I heard a challenge. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> you say that as if I don't already, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I'm done on that side of it. So I think we can close out for normal show. And as as we say, we're not going to roll into a uh, an in focus. We're going to do the close and then keep it in this one. We're going to do Mandalorian talk. 
Um, so, but I think we're going to lose Chad because he's not managed to see it yet, and we don't want to ruin it for him. So, yeah, if you want to take yeah. your bits away there, and anyone who doesn't want to talk Mandalorian can leave as well, Ed. Yeah. And we can do like, lack of focus after dark. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> right, so I got one thing I want to mention real quick because uh, I got super excited about the Willow show. I totally forgot one other thing that was announced on Disney Investor Day in that they're going to be doing an Alien TV series on FX, which I am really excited for because I was curious. What's, eh, we'll see. I mean, I was curious what they were going to do with the property whenever they bought it, because Disney's, you know, if they, they usually shovel off the adult, more adult material to other like Tristone or what other, other, other production companies. So I was really kind of curious what they were going to do with the alien series now that they own it. And as those of you that listen to the show know that I'm a gigantic alien nerd and I'm really looking forward to that TV series on FX. So there, I said that. All right, so that's going to do it for the normal show on this one. I do want to t- thank everyone for tuning in. I know this has been a rough year for everyone involved. I do appreciate that, uh, that you guys have at least maybe found some comfort in just hanging out and BSing with us and talking plastic spaceships and other stuff. So I do appreciate that. 2021 is coming up. Hopefully things will be better and we can get back to getting on the tables and getting to events and talking more spaceships. And I, I, I can't wait. So I do want to wish everyone a happy holiday, happy new year. And thank you all for joining us during the course of this year. So, Chad, you're the one that needs to go first. So, always good talking to you, my friend. Uh, great to be here. Thanks, everyone, for uh, watching the videos and listening to the podcast and all that kind of fun stuff. Sean, I know you're sticking around, but always good talking to you, my friend. Yep. It's been a, an interesting year. Um, hopefully, as you said, Ed, next year will be a better one. Um, I just want to wish everyone a happy holiday season. Uh, hopefully... All the presents you open from under the tree are what you want. Um, maybe some X-Wing stuff coming your way, if you know that's or, or Armada or other games. Um, but I'm just hoping that everybody stays uh, happy and healthy, and uh, we'll see everybody in the new year. And Chris, yeah. always good talking to you, my friend. Oh, it's still always good to be here. I mean, it's been a very interesting year. I'm honestly really thankful for everyone who listens and I had some conversations with different people and I the thing I was talking about so um I the the audience we have seems to like listening to us. It doesn't matter that we don't do like as much X-Wing content as we used to and we're not hyper focused on competitive. We kind of like just enjoy chatting about stuff that we find interesting and people listen and yeah we might not be the the biggest podcast in the world but i i honestly am amazed that you guys keep sticking around and coming back and um yeah it's been an interesting time and i'm just thankful you and all were there to go through it with us and help push us along you guys rock thank you yeah, I will say before, just in case we do lose some Mando people, but um, I'm going to try and be around a little bit more over the holidays and stuff like that, so feel free to jump on a Discord and um, just at me, whatever, I'll uh, have a chat. We can try and play a game on, on Vaso or something. Um, if you want to play Squadrons, we can do that, you know. Just uh, hit me up, we'll try and hang out if anyone's around over Christmas, and yeah, I'll uh, I'll try to be more available. I'm going to have to stop play Squadrons tomorrow because I'm going to be waiting for paint to dry as, I've, as I'm priming, so I might have no other choice but to play Squadrons tomorrow. Oh, just wait till you end that Defender. It's oh, very wait. different. I can't, I can't wait. 
can't wait. <laughs> All right, so that's going to do it for this one. I do want to thank everyone for tuning in. Thank everyone once again. Episode 67. I'm sorry, I was pulling up my notes, so I'm just going to leave. I'm going to have Chris leave that in the show as I'm totally unprofessional. I forgot to pull my notes. Uh, so I do want to pull episode 67 through a close. I want to thank everyone, for, as always, for joining. And as always, guys, fly casual. And cut. Uh, and we're just going to roll right in. I'm not going to edit. Oh, no. good. Uh, Hey, Chad, 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 you have a great Christmas. Have a happy yeah. new year, and uh, we'll see you uh, hopefully soon. Yeah, so yeah. I'm a no D and D on Monday. Uh, we'll be back on the 28th for D and D. Perfect. Um, yeah. If you guys are bored or anything, want to chat? Just I say I'll be around more. So hit me up. Uh, I'll be around. All right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this this we will because this is officially your spoiler warning for Mandalorian talk now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Everybody who's going with me, let's go. <laughs> there, there, there. Bye. See you guys. Bye, guys. See you. Yeah. See you, Chad. Yep. See you, Chad. Yeah, so Chad's gone. Right. I'm going to do a countdown, but it's going to be a short one, and I'm just going to blitz the fight. So you've got like five more seconds to turn us off. We Four, three. Jump out now. Two. Leave. One. Luke Skywalker ruined everything. Ruined it. Okay, so I don't know how I feel about. First of all, I don't know how I feel about deep. I don't know how I feel about deep fake um, Luke, and that's probably the biggest problem I've had. Because I've watched the episode twice now, and I'm like, would I rather have had deep fake Luke or recasted Luke? Recasted Luke, hundred percent. Recasted Luke. I think that's the only that it took you out of the episode. I'll tell you you why though. You didn't get it because Mark Hamill's still alive. Oh yeah, that's fine. That's I, I understand that. Why. That's the reason why. If here's the problem that they have, and and I think they walk just like we talked about earlier, the fine line. So how do you have Luke and not be Luke? It's just like they did with Solo in, in Rogue One. Why? Well, I, I understand Solo. I get that, but this isn't this isn't the same thing. Solo was a movie about Solo, where this is a bit part where you're walking in and. You know, I'm just going to interrupt Sean. It fucking better be a bit part. It is. Oh, I, God, I, can't, yeah. I can't see him being a major part because the next season is all about Bo Katan and the Dark Sage. So I want to say ahead of time, we called this. We called this a couple of weeks ago when we started reviewing. We did a Mandalorian review kind of thing. We were talking about this episode and we talked at the end of that, like how we wanted Baby Yoda off the show. Yeah. And how. Because it it was the Baby Yoda show. It wasn't the Mandalorian. It was always about Baby Yoda. And I was and I remember saying, I don't know if Disney's going to have the balls to kick their moneymaker off the show. And as he walked out that door with Luke Skywalker, I went, they did it. They had the balls to be realized. Well, like, it's because they have the next Baby Yoda already. It's the Darksaber. It's the ex machina that takes away the Baby Yoda. And now you have the next storyline, which is literally the Darksaber. That's your yeah. new Baby Yoda. You know, you yeah. look at the, the first two seasons of this, maybe it was about getting Baby Yoda to a Jedi. We didn't know that in the first season, but towards the close of this season or halfway through, we knew what the, the end result was going to be, and we knew what it would end up being. I knew it was Luke the moment. I knew it was going to be Luke. As soon as a single T-65 shows up. Well, I knew that. Well, that I, fought, I fought so hard through that to go, no, they wouldn't have done it with Luke. They, it can't be Luke. The I mean, reason why the reason why they had to, the reason why they had to do it with Luke, and I know that I don't know because I haven't read all the new books, and I don't know if there's other Jedi out there, but people like me who aren't reading the books only know Luke Skywalker is the only Jedi alive right now. 
So you have to put that into perspective and say, you're hitting every fan base here. John Favreau is a year older than I am. He's 50, 51, 52. I'm 51. So he's in the same generation and probably of the same mindset. I know Filoni's in that age range too. So to us, if you're not a book nerd, the only Jedi that we know that is alive past Return of the Jedi is Luke. So I, I knew it would be Luke. And then when I saw the T-65, it makes sense. When I saw the T-65, I was just like, yep. And then you knew R2 would get a cameo. You know, it was kind of like you could have written that whole thing, you know, from that moment on. So, so if we go, if if we get past the deep fake Luke Skywalker, which was really kind of off-putting for me, I felt like Luke was a little aloof. Like, he almost didn't give, first of all, the only reason he was there was for Baby Yoda. Couldn't give a shit less about anybody else that was in that room. Wasn't standoffish, wasn't a bad guy by any stretch of the imagination, but I really got that feeling like he like, yeah, I, I don't really care about any of you. I'm here for him. Can I point something out to you though? Look at the end of Return of Jedi. The Luke Skywalker at the beginning of at the at the end of Empire, and then the end of Return of the Jedi. He was very much that way. He was very aloof. His head definitely wasn't on that party at the end or on his friends. It was on the path that he now walks, and that is shown by how much he paid attention to the Force ghosts rather than to the people at hand. It's almost like Luke. Disconnect. And this is where I think people are going to have a problem, Ed, or the Legends people are going to have a problem because you have storylines with Luke and, and a different type of Luke from that point past, past the Return of the Jedi and even in between, you know, all of his adventures and everything else. He was a totally different character, but really, I always view Luke from the point, from the point of Return of the Jedi, he was very stoic, very, very focused minded. You know, and that's that's one of the reasons why I like the Luke in Last Jedi, other than him flipping the lightsaber away. But I like that Luke because to me, that Luke was what Luke was. You know, he didn't Do give a know shit what I'm excited for, Sean. Uh, when Lucas comes back and then he decides to do a, uh, a Lucas cut of The Last Jedi and shows Ben Solo slaughtering Baby Yoda. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, because that does beg the question as to where's Grugu now. Like, that was, I yeah, know, Solo kills him. He would have to. Yeah, done. What a dick. Or 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 not when he's fucking chopped in half. It's true. Or, you know, or he was the savant like, uh, you know, like Ray was and got through all of his training before the, the kids came to be. Oh, no, he's 50, Sean. Can't even talk. Well, yeah, yeah no. but at 51, he could be fully formed. We don't know. <laughs> uh yeah, so obviously get my big guns out for anyone who was too slow to uh, to leave. But yeah, Mandalorian's done now. It's cool good. Now. Um, so overall, I think I said it in the the full show, but obviously this is being an off off. But I think season two by far in a way a better season than season one. Season one was good. I think we I think we said at the end of season one, it's like it was a good return to like what normal Star Wars would be like. Wasn't super exciting, wasn't super like outstanding. We were just all super excited because it wasn't the la- it wasn't the last Jedi. It wasn't uh Rise of Skywalker. It was the Star Wars universe that we kind of remember and feel for it. Season two went into a lot of cool directions. And the thing that I liked about season two, I, I know that we did a lot of I know we've talked a lot about the fan service with Boba Fett being in the series, but there was a lot of things in there that like if you weren't 
like it was a lot of fan service in that hey you remember that cool character Bo-Katan we're gonna bring her back hey here's this other cool character we're gonna bring it oh and Luke let's bring Luke back but it, I thought that it was done well I don't I think mean, that they when you consider that like the Star Wars galaxy is in fact the size of your like local tone then <laughs> yeah it seems fine man well I th- but I think it made sense it made sense for Bo-Katan to be in the story um yeah I'm still. I, I don't get me wrong. I, love I disagree that season two was better than season one. Really? On what? Yeah. Uh, I, I'd love to hear your your argument on this. Just, I think season one, I didn't ever get that feeling of fan service about it. Like they went to a a desert planet, and it wasn't Tatooine in season one. I, I, I went to Tatooine I, as well, but you know. They weren't they just re- they weren't just milking nostalgia. It wasn't all about the member berries in season one. Yeah, but like so, I and I agree that I I agree that there was fan service. I've obviously just spoken to, it, but the, like all the things that we complained about at the beginning when we saw episode one, oh, they Boba Fett. Well, if they only brought Boba Fett back just to just like have him drop in, it'd be stupid if he wasn't part of the story. He was. They made him a part of the story, and it obviously, yeah, so, no, I didn't people. say that I thought season two was bad. Oh no, 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 no I said I that I think season one was better. I don't know. There was just so much cool stuff yeah. that happened in season two. There was I'll so be honest much. with you. For me, season two was better because they introduced a lot of new things. Yeah. Outside of characters, they introduced a lot of new things, different weapons, different ships, and the ships are just. I'm just gaga about interiors. I'm gaga about the sets rather than the actual action that's going on. Yes, I watch all that, but I so much like that that just the pieces that are going on that are around the actual characters in the movie. It's just. They're doing it correctly, and that's what I really like about it. I hated the episode that Bill Burr was in in season one. I hated that episode. And I loved the one that he was in in season two. And then the one he's in season two, it's just a thousand times better episode. And it's not... It just well, you, you still have the, the spider episode in season two, and you still have the... Um, the uh, like Captain Kirk fighting the fucking Trandoshan in um, the fucking just outside of LA, shitty fucking fight scenes when he puts when he takes into a Jedi temple or whatever it is with well, the space laser. Yeah, but you, two. Have, you have the same thing in season one. I mean, the fighting Trandoshans outside of the house that the baby was in. You had that in season one. It's just. I, I like the Trandoshan side of it. It was pretty cool. I I, I get where you're coming from, though, Chris. I, I think, so, I didn't like... So there's probably two episodes in each one, each season I didn't like. I just... I feel, I don't know. I, like I say, I enjoyed it, and I'm being overly critical, but I I think I it went to places I wasn't overly happy to see, even though I was excited to see them. If that makes sense, like Ahsoka was in to set up her own season, right? Like, <sighs> but it made sense in the story that when you introduce Bo-Katan, Bo-Katan has that relationship with Ahsoka. Ahsoka's a Jedi, and she did what made sense in the fact that, well, I'm not a Jedi. I should not be the one to train this person. It opened the door to 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 getting Grogu off the off the series. So she yeah. served that purpose, and I agree with I agree with you. It did it set up her for her own series, which is another series that I'm really excited about. But it 
it wasn't the gratuitous, hey, here's Boba Fett, now we're going to move away. It's, hey, here's Ahsoka, but Ahsoka makes sense for being there in the story. Yes. Yes and no. I mean, I think you could have done it with anybody, but Ahsoka is a, a, a fan favorite, so you might as well do it with a fan favorite. And Dave, they, it's Dave, and that's Dave Filoni's baby. Like, he loves that character. Right. Yeah. And like, I, it, I, I, I don't have problems. The only thing I'd... She didn't move right. And we've had that conversation already, I think. Like, she didn't move right. The head tails aren't long, you know. If you're going to go through yeah. a thing of deep faking Wook, fucking CGI the head tails. Yep. Spend some I, time. I, I don't me care. About it. I'll be honest with you. I don't care. Oh, that's the kind of shit that bothers me, though. That's why I don't like The Last Jedi. Because the little things don't feel like they should in Star Wars. I understand that. I, I totally get that. But I don't view. This is where I think between the two of you and me, it's like I don't view the world that way. You know, I don't care about those details about how the tales, how long they are. I don't fucking care because we already know what the character is. We are, we also know partial limitations. If you look at season one, what they tried to do with the Twilight in season one, it was shit makeup, shit everything. At least she looked realistic and she looked at least presentable in that I believed it, you know, if you're going to step outside the, you know, whatever it is, you know, uh, uh, separate your reality from it, you know, and live in that world, I'm fine with it. I don't care about the length. You know, it's just like people are going to bitch and moan about Thrawn when he comes in because he isn't doing X, Y, or Z. It's like, you know, what are you going to do? You know, if you're going to, if you're talking about CGI, I, I guarantee you the CGI would have been a lot worse than just having what they had, to be honest. Because the continuity from episode to episode, from series now to series, would be difficult to maintain throughout. Because as we see, Game of Thrones was a great example. Look at how bad their continuity was. Oh, God, yeah. You know, in this in this series, what I really liked about it was is that there wasn't much need for continuity. There wasn't much need for this episode affected this episode. So, you know, we had a couple of them, but it wasn't that bad. When, you, when you're looking at that continuity side. I don't care what a character looks like. Bo-Katan, I could give a shit if it was Katie Sackhoff or someone else, to be honest. I mean, it's Katie Sackhoff voice in the show, so... Oh, yep. So this, for me, is if when she takes the helmet off and it's a guy. That's not the same character. Uh, it That's not how it should be, because that's not what we've established. And I, I get it, I understand. I, I And it's not... What I mean is, it's not so much just the head tails, it's the entirety of the way she was in that episode isn't Ahsoka. Like, she didn't move like Ahsoka moves because it's too much of a hassle to do that kind of movement in live action. She didn't hold lightsabers in the right way, the yeah. way that we've always seen her have a reverse grip on her lightsabers. Yeah, and she didn't do that. Whenever we were watching the episode, he's like, she, she's holding the wrong. That was the first yeah, thing he just, out. Yeah, because it's not Ahsoka. This is, and uh, it's fine. I, I, I'll watch it's Ahsoka and I'll enjoy it. Can... Character development. Like, are we going to get a reason why she's holding those different things? But, uh, it's irre- I, the, and that's what I mean. It's the little things that bother me like that. Whereas in, I'm still happy to see a continuation of the story and I can enjoy that story. But it's definitely the um, the feel, and it's like swing it back to the Last Jedi from what it, it's the arcing of the lasers that really, really bothers me because they shouldn't do that. That's yeah. not how the lasers work in Star. None of the guns have ever worked that way in Star Wars. 
the physics of it doesn't make any sense. And I know it's Star Wars physics, I get that. But there was no there's no reason to have them do that other than it's a self-justifying loop, if you know what I mean. The the lasers have a trajectory so that the range matters. But instead of doing that, you can say that the lasers dissipate over range and don't do as much damage, which is what lasers functionally do in Star Wars. It's why they don't have an infinite range. So you already have an answer to a problem that you've solved in a way that doesn't make sense. And that's what bothers me about those kind of things. And I get you, I, it. You're right, Sean. It makes no difference to the story, but it breaks my very similitude of watching the story. Well, I get that. And that's the difference. Like I just said, that's the difference between you guys and me where I don't go into that detail. You know, I don't care. Yeah. You know, I don't care that you're shooting a laser out of a planet or out of a moon or whatever star killer base was and then split halfway through to blow up, you know, <laughs> different moons and planets, you know. I could care less about that stuff because they're trying to tell a story. It's not my story. I'm enjoying that story. My story, if I ever do it, will come in the RPG side of this where I'm going to tell a very good, very visual story that isn't going to have arcing lasers, that isn't going to have lasers that split up. That's going to follow whatever whatever the rules that I put into play. But, you know, it's just like any movie. It's not my movie. It's not my story. I'm just a fan. I'm just a person on the outside watching it and enjoying it. And that's why it doesn't bother me. Yeah, there are things that do bother me. The, the Rise of Skywalker bothers me not in that. The only thing actually is if you take the Emperor out of that whole thing, I'm good with it. I'm okay with it. But the Emperor, the Emperor at the end ruined it for me because as, as everybody who bitches and moans about a lot of movies and things, there was no backstory leading up to that point other than what was it in some stupid video game. Well, and yeah. it's not even that. Like, it's so, it, it's interesting. We got into that, conver- we got into this conversation, uh, again, I have the Star Wars conversations all the time at work. And even in the Aftermath books, I don't think that they were setting no, up. Like, not at all. Like, who, what What are the Aftermath books setting up for? What, Exegol then? Like, it, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense in their own continuity. That- so, so here's my question. So the reason why I even brought that up is because I asked my son this question yesterday. Are they setting up? God, I hope not. Are they setting up the final storyline in Rise of Skywalker through the Mandalorian by taking the blood from the baby to try Thanks, to resurrect Doc. to try to resurrect the Emperor? Hey, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm in. I think there's loads of stuff that can kind of start tying, and it's good. It's filling in that that. 30 years or whatever you have in between the, the you know, Jedi and uh, Force Awakens. It's fine. Well, I have no problems with those sides of it. We basically saw Snoke clones whenever they went to that base. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, so like, I felt like that's, a, that's exactly what they did. Yeah, I, I think it's for Snoke, but th- that was what I told my son, is that they tried to clone using the midichlorians out of the baby to call the M count. Sorry, not midichlorians. The M count. Oh yeah, they don't say the, they don't say the M word at Disney. Apparently, the 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 M the M count, and then that's how we get Snoke. You know, and it brings that about. But they're you know going back to the Mandalorian. It's like it's just an interesting. It's an interesting show because what I liked about it the most is we really saw three different versions of Mandalorians when we look at it. You know. You saw Mando and how he's trying to come to grips with all this stuff because he's just 
He's always been one way, you know. He's in a, you know, a religious sect of the Mandalorians that have strict codes, that have strict everything. You look at Bo-Katan, who freely takes the helmet off. And then you look at Boba Fett, who's the third, well, and I'm air quoting here, Mandalorian by lineage. He takes it by lineage. His father was a Mandalorian. So he takes it through lineage. And, And you see how he views that world or whatever. And... You can see that it's confusing, and, and you could see you knew he was taking the helmet off when the kid before the kid touched his face. You know, you just knew it was going to happen. But now yeah. you you know now you wonder in season three does that become more of a thing with Mando, or is it something that he still fights with? You know, doesn't want to take it off because of the way that his sect you know deals with the helmet thing, not showing the face and all that. That that's that's what I'm interested to see along with you know. Season three is going to be a Bo-Katan. How does Bo-Katan handle the Darksaber thing? Should have just fucking chopped his head off while he was hugging Gorgu. Oof. Yeah. So I legitimately... Decapitation, I, that, I was fucking in. I was I all in. I thought that's where it was going. I honestly thought that that's where it was going to go. Because I thought they were going to kill the character off here, and then Mandalorian was only going to be two seasons long, and then all these other offshoot shows were going to be what happened after. That's honestly where I thought it was going to go. Yeah, I never really had that thought, actually. I never even thought about it that way. Because I know I'd already heard that, that they greenlit season three, and he was... Yeah. I had actually already heard that, so I never, ever even thought of that. What, because what I, what I was thinking would happen if that something like that was going to happen was that she would grab it and the baby would stop it. You know, something to that effect. Mm. You know, because the baby is so attached to him and stuff. If there was going to be anything like that, the baby would have been the one that stopped it. Luke would have made some statement, you know, and then they would have left. You know, but really it was about as the ending, ending part of that was actually kind of lame to me. You know, it wasn't, it didn't compel me to feel sad that he was losing the baby. I could see it in his face and I could see all that, but there just wasn't there pretty much because, you know, the baby's going with Luke and the baby's going to get trained in the ways of the force. No, but I, I said, Luke says in it that he's... Is not not doesn't want to come. He wants your approve your permission to come and your approval, right? And it it was that kind of sending the kids off to college kind of sadness. Exactly. Yeah, you know, you send the kid off to college and then you have the party the next day. You know, yeah. yeah. um, cognizant is to- getting late, so I wanted to move on to the Bubba Fett stuff and, and like and can I finish one wrap one up? Time? Yeah, I'm just it's for you, but I want to do it anyway, so I don't give yeah. a shit. <laughs> One small thing, I thought it was awesome to wake up on Saturday morning to a tweet from Mark Campbell going, hey, did anybody see anything cool on TV last night? Like, <laughs> I love that Mark Campbell tweeted that out this, this morning. It was so good. That's it. That was all I said. So long story short, my, my, I still, I think, I agree to disagree with, with Chris. I think season two was better than season one, and I'm really looking forward to season three to see where the Darksaber story Yeah, I'm not saying that season two was bad. Because you know what we didn't see? How many times did we hear rumors where we were going to see um, Sabine? Haven't seen her. Totally time open yet. for that to happen. It's time yet. There's time. All right, moving on, Chris. So the uh, post-credit scene. <laughs> you mean I, I was Bib not expecting the hut? <laughs> I, I literally was not expecting Bib Fortuna. The hut <laughs> let himself go after a few years of uh, being in charge. So I've got a lot of questions about that one. So one of the things I want to know is how, he was on the sailing barge when it went up. How the hell did he get off? Not yeah, that maybe it he didn't. Yeah. Not that it genuinely matters, 
but it was kind of a it was kind of cool to see the character back but of course like so bobo decides he's going back and he's taking over he's taking over java's palace and saw everyone talking about oh you've got to watch the end credit scene that is not what i expected I thought a Jedi turning up for Gorgu was going to be the... I, I thought Luke coming in in the post credit scene was what I was to expect. Like someone awakening to... Someone receiving the Force call is what I expected when I heard about that. So yep. Yep. going in after that climax to the show, going into that scene, I was like, oh, this is this is extremely strange. And then we just got Marvel Cinematic Universe, so it's fine. Mm-hmm. So now here's my question: Does Boba Fett become the Merovingian of of Star Wars universe, mm. where he pulls the strings behind the scenes? Now that now that he's sitting on the Hutti's throne, he now has what what is it, the Syndicate or whatever, whatever the whatever yeah. Hut ran as the Syndicate. So now he controls the Syndicate. It's kind of like weird. It reminded me of like at the end of Solo when you had the scene. Sorry, spoiler yeah. warning. Where you had the scene. With uh, Darth Maul, kind of, kind of paralleled that to me with me. Yeah, and I'm really good, glad that because my son, he neither of us knew, but we were asking each other, does that mean that the Hut series is the new Mando series? But no, it's it's a whole offshoot it's series. But I really think now because I really you like the speedy underbelly of the Star Wars world. Yeah, you know are. that that Mayor Mayor Vingian feel, you know where. A lot of things will funnel through him in that. See, because now that Boba Fett sits in that seat, now my RPG brain is going absolutely bonkers. I'm curious if we're going to get like a like a Soprano style like Star Wars. Like this is what, like the like like Boba Fett's the good guy, but he's really the bad guy. Kind of like a Tony Soprano like character. See, I'm less excited about Boba Fett series than I am about like Lando series. Well, me too. I, I actually, the Boba Fett series is probably one of my least. Yeah, I'm not. I'm it's just true, not because I've never been a Boba Fett fan. I never fell into the fanboy category. Of Fett, I always thought I him. I, I always thought him like Phasma was just a waste of time to have. They were they were just plot very short term plot pieces. And, and that yeah, was I, it. I like what they did with him in season two of Mando and stuff me like too. that, but I just don't think. I didn't get the feeling that this was what he wanted as a character. Yeah, like you never got that impression throughout the episodes. Well, that he was I, in. I don't. I don't. So, so George Lucas in an in an interview at some point in time was asked about Boba Fett. Did Boba Fett survive, or did he die? And he said, "I believe he probably lived. But if he would have been, you know, in still in the Sarlacc in the stomach of the Sarlacc, probably what Boba Fett would have done is opened up a bar. You know, that was George Lucas's answer about Boba Fett." That Boba Fett was that kind of character who kind of did want something more. You know, he, he didn't really know what it was fully, but but it, this kind of fits that George Lucas line that I saw in an interview years ago. Where I, I yeah, so for me, the the quintessential line that Boba Fett had in this was, "I'm just a simple man making my way through the galaxy." Yeah. Isn't that what, isn't that what his father said on Camino? Yeah, and that's what I mean. It, it's tying from that and ties it all together, and it, it's a nice line, but it makes it and I, it makes it into more of a lie than I think it's intended to be. Yeah, but doesn't the lie fit Boba Fett? I I don't think it did. I think like 
it's fine. We'll see what happens. It's hard to yeah, tell yeah, from the right. start, but yeah, you, you're right. We we know nothing, you know, and that's the thing. Where it could be a Boba Fett series, like a bunch of short stories about him pointing his finger and other people doing his bidding. We really don't know what it's going to be. Yeah. I'm telling you, I'm, I, I'm I'm looking for the the, the Soprano style head of the gangster family kind of uh, kind of thing. So the thing I was pretty excited for was apparently he's also being cast in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series uh, to play Commander Cody. Oh, that makes sense. And that was a cool callback to, if we go back for Mandalorian, whenever um, Bo-Katan's like, I've heard, your, I've heard your voice a thousand times. Yeah. Kind of oh, like, let's just say they'll recognize my face. Yeah. Like, I, I thought that was a really cool callback. Like, oh, yeah, I guess it is kind of true. They're all got his voice, and they're all the same, yep. same face. Yeah. Okay, well, it's two minutes until midnight for Ed, so shall we uh, call oh, it yeah. there? Overall, looking forward to Season 3. Season 2 is really good. Um, they're really happy they fixed what they broke in the first season, in my opinion, which has had Bill Burr in an episode that sucked, and they've had Bill Burr come back in one of the arguably, I would say, up until that last episode, the best episode I thought of the series, um, right up until the last episode, blew that out of the water because I'm a huge, gigantic Luke Skywalker fan. Bill Burr stole the show in that episode. His character growth was monumental compared to. Uh, I, I, I was good. It's good. I guarantee you see him again, especially at the end. Especially at the end. Yeah. Hey, one thing I will say though, the cool thing is Mando did get a cool. A cool weapon. The spear is awesome. Yeah. So that was, all right. So can we talk about that? We're talking about the fight scene between him and the moth, and we're like, when he, you know, Mando's going to go pick up the kid, and he attacks him with a dark saber. Like there had to be a part of him that didn't honestly think that the Baskar, the Baskar uh, armor was going to stop that. Like at some point in time, he had to be like, holy crap! And he's got a Baskar spear too. Like it became a fair fight at that juncture. I mean, the stupid part of that is who was the guy who paid him a Baskar? The guy uh, that attacked him. Moff, Moff Gideon is the one who gave him a Baskar to make his armor. Like, right, come oh, on. Yeah. That's true. That is true. I hadn't thought about that. You're right. Huh. That's oh. a good that's, hey, a good that's a good head scratcher to leave on leave on. I like that. Yep. Yeah. So we're gonna All do right. a, a Merry Christmas and a happy holidays to everyone. And um yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. We don't do a formal yeah. ending on this one. Yeah, so. you don't have to close it out again because it's all rolling from the last one. So Yep. So, yeah. all right. Bye, everyone. You guys, we'll, we'll have a Merry Christmas. We'll see you a week from Monday. Yeah, so uh, I believe are we we can might as well just sort it out now, nail it down. But you guys wanted to take a show off as well from this one. Is that the impression I was getting? So you didn't want to record it, it, on... It's, it's probably a good idea. Let, let's let's go, you know, back, stay on schedule. So yeah, we'll don't do, don't do two weeks from now. Do two weeks... Yeah, take the full time off. Uh, I'll tell you, I will come up with something to fill the time slot, so something still gets released, but we won't have an official numbered episode for that show. For this, for you're talking for the seventh, right? Um, so it would come out on. Oh, that's right. Technically, we would have recorded Be the thirty first. Yeah, we would record on the thirty first and come out on the fifth or whatever it is. The fourth. Okay. For um, the morning of the fifth, it would come out. Yeah. Yeah. But. But yeah, well, we're going to take that week off. I'll make sure some content comes out then. And maybe if we do get together and chat, maybe we'll record something, but we'll see. No promises. It's been 67 episodes without missing one, so um, we might take one off. We'll see. <laughs> All right. 
All yeah. right, I'm going to go walk some dogs and head to bed. Yep. Take yeah. care, guys. Take care, people. Have a good night. See you in a month. All of it, personally, it, it, just uh, happy holidays, everyone. Happy New Year. Yeah. Yep, you too. Merry Christmas. Thank you once again for joining the Lack of Focus X-Wing podcast. Check out Dice Hate Productions for all of the latest episodes, and we'll be looking forward to seeing you again next episode.